He's body shaming himself. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the nerd way. <laughs> if you were to get a tattoo, what would you get? Uh, let's see. I've, the, the one I've always dreamed about is... Jeff? Yes. Uh, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. On It'll my, be just like Steve-O on the back. It's like, dude, I rock. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's face uh, with a bubble uh, word that says, uh, here I come uh, on the head of my cock. That's what's... <laughs> that's... Okay. <laughs> It's going to be a micro tattoo. What, what would you get? I'm a little disturbed now. Now I wanted a Freddy tattoo. Full, oh, neat. Full back where you, you've seen that tattoo of, of the, the panther that's clawing out from behind the skin. That, but Freddy. Neat. Nice. Yeah. Now, which Fred, like the original Freddy, right? Not oh, yeah, that yeah. shitty, the Jackie or Haley. No one goes for reboot Freddy. <laughs> Just Nobody. making sure. Nobody. Ooh, are you going to have Dawkins like, rocking out behind Freddy? <laughs> Although, you know what? Uh, I don't know if I do. Dream <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I want need Lynch in my in my body, but uh, but I wouldn't mind the Freddy Worm from Part Three. Oh, that's a that's a great image. That's gross. Maybe I'll put that on my penis. Mm, yeah. What 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 tattoo would you get? I, I'd get a tattoo of a big dick. <laughs> Where? On my dick. Oh wow! So it it would look big. I I, I like how you meted that. Yeah, meta dick. Uh, never before, but <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, uh, I I think I would go for something not so obvious. So like maybe just a, a little tiny stargate on your on your penis? No, on oh, my no. shoulders oh, around his asshole. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Set the symbols proper, sir. There you go. Because, well, I mean, I could go for all the obvious ones, like Star Trek Back to the Future, but, you know, it's another, that's another franchise I really enjoy, but it doesn't get as much, uh, you know, recognition anymore. Yeah. I, I love the idea of a Stargate. Around his around butt. The, right around the bung. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like those strippers that had the, the pink panther right above their cooch, you know? So actually, if I was to, I I would never get a tattoo. But if I was, I would do the uh, the old school original series, you know, Mirror Universe Trek, the, the sword through the Ooh, earth. Yeah, the, oh yeah, the Terran Empire symbol. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's what I would. That's do. That's actually right. not a bad one. See, that's yeah. the ones I like. The ones that uh, the right people will get. Yeah. Yep. You, that. Oh, what's that? If I have to explain it to you, it's not for you. Yeah. Really. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, just do the little uh, the little moon from MST3K. Without even the words on it, just see if somebody would recognize it. So, so, so an asteroid. Well, whatever. <laughs> just a, a round <laughs> asteroid. Well, it's all swirly and like it's distinct. If you look at it, you're like, oh, that's MST. I would still get the D20, but now I'm thinking about it. Instead of a 20, I'd put a 1. There you go. Yeah. yeah see, like Critical that. failure. That's right. I think if I was going to get a Mr. Science Theater tattoo, uh -huh. it, would, it would be the Gizmonics G. So okay. That, yeah. That's, that, a, good that's one. a little more. I think I've actually seen one of those before now that you mentioned that. Oh, then I'm not getting one. It was Fuck at, that. Oh, shit. It was at Comic Con many, many years ago. Now, you know, on our Kofi, it says our goal is to send everyone to the Star Wars Hotel, which I don't know if we're actually going to do that. But, you know, a, a realistic goal. Tattoos? Tattoos. Stargate around Jeff's asshole, Let's folks. Let's do it. Oh, yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it wouldn't cost that much. 
you know. But think of the funds we would raise. Uh, <laughs> and think of the funds we would have. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Gig Jack number 658. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. And Vlarg. And we're here to talk week and Sorry, geek. It's good. To, that's it's all right. Well, it's, it's, it's all right. I and, will fix uh, it in post. Deb's not here. I stole her and yeah, I was going to say, you got did. so excited about the and. Stole it. It's hard not to be excited. It's 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 the new prize. Yeah. Right. So yeah. And it's, it's, it's Deb's prize, but if she's not here, someone's got to claim it. And I yeah. did. I, I'll pay you a dollar to, air quote, forget to not use the and when she comes back. Oh, a he, dollar. He'll do it anyway. I'll, I'll match the dollar. <laughs> yeah. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's <laughs> not <laughs> worth it. But then she would just add the with at the end, which is supposed to be the higher than the. No, 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 Jeff. You're, and you're, is the end. You're yeah. supposed to. You're supposed to pick up on she'll kill him. Yeah. If he takes the end. Oh, I mean, she's gonna do that anyway. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. she doesn't even need an excuse. That'd be just one more for the the memory bank. Yeah, Deb's gone. <laughs> uh, she's on hurricane. Tell yeah. me what what where's she at? Uh, Disney. I now don't like take, her. When and Disney and a cruise. And when did she go? Just before the hurricane. So she got stuck in the room uh, in the in the in the hotel. It's a nice hotel uh, for two days because Disney closed for two days. Right. But right. she got she got one day in, and they crammed as much stuff as they could in that trip. So uh, I saw the pictures. It was uh, it was a big day. So, so what did they do stuck in a Disney hotel for two days? Well, they played a lot of board games. Oh, that's, and that's good at least. Yeah. There are pictures B O R E D, pictures of a table with a guillotine, ah, scattered cards, all and scattered. elder sign, yeah. and artich- all artichokes. Must what was it? All abandoned artichoke. all artichokes. Oh. Very portable, but great games. Yeah. Is is so. Deb different playing board games with her girlfriends than with, you know, the the rest of the crew? Oh no. Bitches so, get shanked. Okay, that's that's. I was just <laughs> tables get flipped. That's that's what I was getting at. So okay, you you put it much more succinctly. Mice get stabbed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, hello! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's no maple leaf mat there to just poke at the bear. You know. Yeah. Well, so. you know, he's he's having a surprise colonoscopy right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> What? His, what? his message when he said he wasn't going to make the show, he got he got hit with a surprise colonoscopy. And I, 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 couldn't, think of, I couldn't help but want to laugh at that. I, I think, think it was what a, it's one of his patients. It's a yes. cyst, cystoscopy or cystoscopy. Yeah. Cystoscopy. I don't even know what that is, but he is doing nursey things. He's doing nursey things. Yeah. But now it's funnier that he's like having a surprise colonoscopy. <laughs> there you go. Right. That's that's code for someone put their foot in my ass. <laughs> and and he's there with the with the giant the giant cable and he's like and then he sees the stargate like around and he's just like, Wow. Uh, yeah. Surprise. I gotta take a picture of this, gets his camp phone. So basically Matt's oh, Matt's the guy from Idiocracy. He's like, All right, this one goes in your mouth and uh, this one goes in your butt. That's him. <laughs> yep. And he gets confused. Yeah, yeah, all right. He gets paid well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> <doesn't>. not so well. <laughs> Healthcare doesn't get paid shit. It's all in the hours. <laughs> Unless you're in the upper echelons mm-hmm. of the, mm-hmm. the industry. Yeah. Well, the Geek Shock Book Club is reading Fairy Tale by Stephen King. Now, every October, I insist that the book be a horror novel. Now, Fairy Tale won out, and by everything I'm seeing about this book, it's not a horror novel, it's fantasy. Uh, so, I'm, I'm still letting it slide because that's what the vote said. However, if this book turns out to not be a horror novel, w- I will insist 
on doing another horror novel here in a couple of months. Well, wait till after Christmas. But but uh, but I'm excited to read this book. My my wife got it for me for a for a surprise present this last week. So I was like, oh. the timing is perfect. I didn't even vote for it, but this is what we're reading. What's it about? The short version. Uh, short version. Uh, uh, it is a classic kid discovers portal to another world story. Oh, like the gate. Yeah. But probably not so Stargate. Demony. So did he did he find it around someone's asshole? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you punched in the codes just right. All right. Classic eighties horror movie, The Gate. <laughs> Check out the gate. Check You'll out like the it. gate. I, the gate is fantastic. It is <laughs> it is the mixture of uh heavy metal and stop motion photography. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> it's great. Uh, and uh, so, you know, it's it's time to give away a mini. I, I <gasps> the uh, every month we give away a mini that I have painted in, as best as I can uh, to a uh, Kofi member level three or up. So it is that time. This he, this he gently kisses everyone. Mm, yeah, but where did I kiss it from? Oh no! And the uh, this uh, this week uh, this week this <laughs> month I painted the uh, ISS Enterprise uh, from the Attack Wing miniature game. So uh, let's give that away now. So uh, start spinning up and let's uh, let's see who theme, wins. Theme music, please. Wins the Enterprise. <laughs> there we have a winner. All right. Dan Steklasa, congratulations, Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Dan, you have won. Uh, so uh, I will be, uh, if you have your address already on our Kofi, I will find it there. But if not, I will get in contact with you. He's just going to throw it really hard in the direction of your house. Right. And I can throw there you go. pretty far. Yes. Geek Shock will personally deliver prizes to your house, whether you want it or <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> they may come in bags that are on fire, but you'll get there the prize. You go. Speaking of which, uh, we went to the amazing Las Vegas Comic-Con, and we had three amazing prizes to give away. Two of them have been claimed. Um, One person still needs to give me their address, but one never got back to us. So we're redrawing. Let's do it. Gasp. Theme music, please. (laughs) Told you people I was serious about that. (laughs) You respond, or we're putting the names back in the deal. All right. We got a winner. It is Leland0518. Congratulations. You are the winner of an awesome set of steel gauntlets. Yeah, they're real oh, nice. Yeah. Real nice. nice Although, and heavy. you got to respond. So we'll email you. We'll yes. give you some time. And if uh, we don't hear from you, we'll pull it again. I know. Make sure All to right. respond so we can personally deliver it to your house. <laughs> Make it Two sound so morning. Just stare. Stare at stare. the windows yes. for at least an hour. We'll just, you're right. We won't knock at the door. In we'll just stand outfits. at your bedroom window staring <laughs> until you go, what the fuck? And go, your gauntlets are here. Lubed. <laughs> wow. Wow, Todd. You just had to You just had to go there. Too far. You know, God damn it. You know, I can't tell a joke that you just don't make lewd, crude, yeah, it's Todd that's making it loot and group. And this Saturday, uh, Tier 4 and 5 members, we will be playing Board Game Arena games at 6.30 Pacific time. So uh, meet us there. Uh, and so that being said, uh, what geeky things did you do this week, uh, Mary? Uh, I actually... <laughs> Deb's gone, so I didn't get a chance to do a lot of geeky stuff. Wait, 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 wait. 
He has no sense of time. I got to actually call him on Monday at like 20 minutes after five. And he's like, I'm working. I'm like, it's after five. Oh, shit. Yeah, I have no sense of time, no sense of self. I'm completely helpless now. Thanks, Deb. <laughs> so I didn't get a chance to do a lot of geeky stuff. I hung out with you guys a lot. But I did do one geeky thing. And it's geeky because I'm kind of a booze geek. Uh, we and Sorry, Leon Mitt. I know you wanted to try this. But you can still try it because I got plenty left over. And uh, Jeff was there with me on this. We tried the 19-year-old uh, Speyside Single Malt. The Kirkland. The Kirkland Special from Costco. Oh, okay. We took a $70 shot. We tried it just to see. Because it's, it's a 19-year-old. How do you go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Famous last words. Famous last words. <laughs> it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It was <laughs> I tried the 19-year-old. It wasn't great. Okay. So right now, everyone, I am drinking a dark rum. And it is about the same color as that. So you'd think, okay, well, first off... I get it that it's a 19-year-old that's going to be older. You're going to get a deeper color. But I think that it, a lot of it was caramel. It, um, oh, it was, no. Really? It, the it, best way I could describe it is it had a really good nose. Like It had really good smell. And the flavor profile did not match the smell. No. Um, it was a little too sweet forward. It was and, like a cake. And, it was like yeah. eating a cake. It. I, it's not that sweet, but uh, it was. It had a very sweet twinge on the front side. That didn't and the seem finish, like it was coming from the barrel. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, we think it's because even though it's a 19-year scotch, they aged it nine. They months They aged it for nine months sherry. in sherry casks to finish it. Ah, uh, nine months. It's too yeah. sweet. It's too sweet. Because I think you know, they typically only do like you know what six months max on sherry casks. I, I, don't I mean, exactly you, remember. you went there, so I don't remember. Yeah, uh, but the ones I went to, they didn't they didn't age them a lot in sherry casks. They just finish them. It added a little bit too much sweetness to it. Um, you weren't getting a lot of the smoke. Because of that, how sweet it was forward. So you well, didn't. It's a space side. There's no. Yeah. There's no peat, yeah. but there's still just a little tinge of smoke. Yeah, but yeah you should have. Yeah, there was no tinge. I mean, not even a tinge of smoke to it. And when you taste whiskey, you can normally taste it on the tip of your tongue and yeah. in the back and in the middle. This wasn't a well-rounded whiskey. There was a lot of no. sweet in the tip of your tongue, and there was the you know the alcohol taste in the back. There was nothing in the middle. I felt like I was reading a, a novel with half of it in the middle cut out. It did also feel like for for a nineteen year old Scotch, it was not as smooth as it should have been. I mean, yeah. I've had I've had blended Scotches that were way smoother, and you know, I'm not a big blended fan typically. Now there are people online who swear by the Costco Scotches, and they are they've had the twenty year old, twenty three year old expressions and all that. This one, I well, I'm going to give it a pass. I, I think the one that you're talking about, those the the 25 year old Kirkland, which got rave reviews, but I guess is not around anymore. Like, yeah, um, like it's almost impossible to find. So we took a shot. Yeah, and I got a you know some people who have more of a sweet tooth than I do. I I tend toward the scotches, not so much the bourbons. Right, they may like it. Your well, your mileage may vary because your palate is it's it, it wildly varies from the person next to you. Right, uh, but it's not for me. All right. Yeah. But to cleanse our palate, we had to do a full-on scotch tasting. Oh, of so course, because that's what happens when you go to my like, house. He's like, oh, have you had this one yet? Oh, How about this you got to have this one. Oh, <laughs> try this one. Oh, my God. Try, the not... try this. Because that's how I roll. And then Matt showed up like at what? Second, first, uh, end of the first round of the tasting. Yeah. So he had to have some too. So he got to, he got, we had him try it. And he actually really liked the 19-year-old. Oh. Because he's not. It still sounds weird. 
<laughs> Who I doesn't like want, a 19 year old? I just want everyone to know I'm I am not participating in this conversation <laughs> for a change. There you go. You're just upset that you didn't instigate it. <laughs> You're usually the one that likes to lead well, it off. Well, to, to instigate it, I'd, I'd <laughs> just, have to have been there. <laughs> just just there, a couple of guys. Yeah. Tongue in a Stargate. Just the, yeah. <laughs> 19-year-old star, Stargate. No, th- those, that was obviously the drinking friends. Outing, no, that was, so. that was uh, me showing up because Barry wanted to show the house, and then Matt showing up because he wanted to pick up his beer that he left there. <laughs> He literally, like, we're just sitting there, and he goes, hey, can I come get my beer? <laughs> sure. sure, come over. Hey, look, we're having whiskey. Sit down. That's there it. There you go. Now I know the secret. You got to call up and say, hey, what, can I come shit in my house? I'm going to just, yeah, I'm not going to leave anything. I'm just going to send a text. Hey, can I come by, pick up my beer? <laughs> you don't have any beer over here. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. No, you, oh, we're yeah. playing yes and? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you do, Barry? Nah. Jeff, what'd you do? Um, I really want to talk about it, but <laughs> yeah, for no, it's sake. such a spoilery <laughs> thing. Uh, I haven't, okay, fuck the, you. Well, I'll tell you what I didn't do. I didn't watch any of my fun, geeky shows because Deb's out of town. And if I watch them without her, oh boy. Which uh, I wouldn't do because that's shitty. But uh, the, the most recent episode of Lower I, I Decks. I like how they covered the bases there. Just, I, I don't even. I haven't, I haven't watched anything. I, I just, I don't get that. But. What? What? I've I've been in relationships and it's like I watch something and they want to watch it I'll watch it again it's like this you know I don't no like watching it's it twice. it's different now I've a bunch of coworkers that he's like you know they're all like I can't watch anything uh, or I you know get the endless wrath and God. you know it'll be six months later and they're like you remember that time you watched that thing without me yep they they wow. they, they store that up it's it's wow. it's in the safe bunch of for, fucking for, so bunch of fucking betas well, when I, oh, re- really oh yeah. really <laughs> okay so when i'm at home and i'm working from home like the tv on the on the other monitor i'm just watching dumb shit that i know she's not gonna want to watch mm. you know like the jeffrey dahmer thing or whatever but uh i can't watch lower decks without her and i'm chomping at the bit to watch this one because like jeff said there's some really cool stuff uh yeah the most recent episode this is not a spoiler because it's in the trailer they go to deep space nine but what was fascinating is take a drink, everyone, because I'm going to talk about the experience. There's some STTE Easter eggs in there that you're probably not going to get unless you work there. Wow. That's like, pretty I'm good. talking like inside baseball stuff. In fact, uh, mm. when Mike McMahon uh, was talking about some of the Who's Easter Mike eggs McMahon? on, uh, he's the, the creator of Star Trek Lower Decks. Okay. Uh, he tweeted out about you know people watching that episode, and I I responded. I was like, okay, who have you been talking to? Because there's stuff here that I only got because I used to work at the experience, and he he didn't answer back. So, but uh, well, he said I that may have to get I, on him again. I, so if you watch Jeff, it, you missed it. I saw that his responding tweet to me. Yeah, he oh. said he said that he got he got that stuff from uh, his good friend. Uh, Quark's oh, bartender, Darren. Most favorite bartender, Darren. <laughs> yeah. Folks, just so you know, Jeff actually opened up his phone. <laughs> don't, listen, don't listen to this jerk. <laughs> I, I, for, for like a split second, I realized I, had I, I thought I might I be able to. I just, I just need that femtosecond of belief. That's all I need. <laughs> and he's, he's fueled up for the week. Yes. Wow. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
<laughs> so I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that because I'd love to see what they do reference. I mean, I re- still remember the robot chicken thing, which was just yeah. It was it's sweet when uh, when we get that little call out. So I'll have to I'll have to ask permission if I can. can honey, can I watch this now? Please, <laughs> you're not gonna hurt me. Or- you know, guys, there's this thing. It's called lying. <laughs> Just fucking watch hey. it and don't talk about hey, it. Hey, Kirsten, all these years that you've known Deb, how well does that work when you lie to her? I don't lie to Deb, Jeff. What are you talking about? Somewhere right now, her ears are burning. She's like, I have to remember to punch Kirsten when I get back, <laughs> and I just, don't know why. It's just a good idea to do that anyway. She's going to be like those motherfuckers. In the- you see, when you're in a relationship like this, mm. and... You have to be safe about this is where physical media comes into play because mm. you can watch DVDs all you want. Yeah. Right. Because uh, if you watch it streaming, streaming remembers what you watched. It yeah. says, oh, do you want to start with episode eight since you finished up with episode seven last? So it, no, she'll just be like, wait a minute. You also have why to does it reset at episode one? It's like somebody cleared the history or something. <laughs> I, Gee whiz. It must be on the fritz. I lie enough. In regular life, I don't need to bring that shit home and keep my life straight with Deb. <laughs> it's much easier keep just to tell the truth. Although, in your scenario, Todd, you do also have to remember not to leave the DVD in the player. Definitely, because it does remember where yeah. you left off. <laughs> oh, good. Or, or just when she punches the button, it's like, what is this doing in the DVD player? I remember back in well, the yeah. a friend friend of mine way back way back in the good old days of VHS. They had a <laughs> they had a spring break. And they rented a VCR, and then they rented a whole bunch of tapes. And uh, at the end of the thing, when they were get packing up, ready to go home from Florida back to New Jersey, and uh, they were like, uh, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, where's it, dude? Where's where's my porn tape? Where's that tape of porn?" It's oh, like, no. "Oh, dude, yeah, they'd left it in the VCR that they had returned to the." Uh, Rental to the rental place. place? Yeah. So they had to actually slink in there and be like, yeah, we might have left a tape in the... You, you realize this is the basis for some raunchy throwback 90s comedy, right? Yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah. No. Isn't Rock. that the basis for the end of National Lampoon's European Vacation? For, for the 20-somethings out there, you used to be able to go to the <laughs> video store, in oh, air wow. quotes, air and quotes. you used to be able to rent, rent in air quotes, quotes. a... Uh, a VHS player, and you could take it home and watch yes. movies. Yeah, yeah. Because at, at a certain point, not everybody had one. And and for those that don't know what a VHS player is, look it up. Google Blockbuster, yeah. three movies with the, the the popcorn that you buy right there. That's a night, baby. Rent yeah, two, rent two, get the third for free. Head uh-huh. back to yeah. the hotel on spring break and leave the porn in it the next morning. <laughs> right, <laughs> which. Okay, and you know that VHS tap, it remembers where you stop. Who's renting VHSs during spring break in Florida? You're supposed to be out. You're supposed to be in your room watching tapes, watching porn. That for that matter. Well, it it, that I I think I think that was their lure. Their lure. Their lure. That's their lure. Hey, dude, I said they were from Jersey. (laughs) Yeah, low life from Jersey. Because that tape and chill. Yeah, here you go. (laughs) Jeff, did you do anything you can talk about? You know, I had something and I've now lost it. So you can just uh, you can move on. All right to- then. 
Uh, well, first, I want to explain a little something. I did at the end of the last episode, uh, episode 657, I did put the uh, Republic of Lewis National Anthem at the, as the final music stinger for Ooh. the show. Uh, but I realized, even though I said I was going to put it on there, I didn't explain it all that well. So what that was is it was we were playing a old game called Nuclear War. Game came out in what the late sixties, I think, mm. and not global thermonuclear war. Uh, right, the whole different game. That one's from the eighties. <laughs> oh, um, okay, sorry. Uh, but this one is everyone is a separate company. Com- sorry, country, and you are. It is nuclear war, and so you're decimating populations. It's it's one of those games that's supposed to teach you that war is never the answer. And instead, everyone's like, God, this is fun. Right, and uh, hence the lyric: "It's fun making change out of millions of people." <laughs> Zero-sum game. But uh, that evening, Major Meh, uh, Lewis, uh, was being a total 80s Jeff. He was uh, doing that whole, I never win kind of thing. And so I started just writing down, quoting him into my phone, things that he was saying. And I physically took things that he said, and I turned it into a national anthem (laughs) for his nuclear country. <clears throat> and that's what that was. I, oh. I, I put it together as a little acapella piece, and it sounds like somebody's awful national anthem, but it's just <laughs> me quoting Lewis back to him. <laughs> so that's what that was. So if, if you missed it, yeah, at the end of last episode, 657, the Republic of Lewis national anthem does play. There you go. All right. I am currently listening to the audiobook of uh, Will Wheaton's uh, autobiography. Um, Oh, uh, so you're the reason I can't get it. Yeah, that's me. I'm the one that's, that's holding I've, on I've, to it. I've been on the wait list for that through um, uh, the, the local public library for right. a couple of weeks. And it said three-week wait. And I'm like, it's yeah, that's not me. available. That's me. And I'm going to hold it my entire time because it's a long goddamn book. So I'm going to be able yeah, to finish it before I like, lose my hold. He's going to lick it. It's I, I, somehow I'm they, they it put an way. average hour listed on there that I was like, what the? Yeah, it's uh, 15 hours long. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, he wrote a book back in 2004 called Just a Geek, and it's basically a collection of his blogs from that time. Uh, he has written recently, still Just a Geek, and it's an annotated version of that book mm. uh, that he did in 2021. Was that after right. his uh, thing, Dancing Barefoot? Way after. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Dancing Barefoot came out before Just a Geek. Um, but it's been an interesting uh, listen to. Uh, one, because listening to an annotated book is itself its own creature. Right. Uh, and also, he does annotations for the audiobook that aren't in the physical book. So That's why I want to listen to yeah, it. Yeah, you're getting more of the complete experience. <laughs> well, the reason I say that is because he went on uh, Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of You podcast, and he talked about the book, and he talked about how... As much as he enjoyed doing the book, he had a little bit more fun doing the uh, the full uh, read of the book for the audio version because he had to add more material, you know, thoughts that had been stewing around since he had actually finished the uh, print, uh, had the the printed finalized version. So, sure, it's been an entertaining listen to. It's, uh, some parts get very redundant and repetitive, mm. uh, but uh, Will Wheaton very entertaining to listen to. Um, and and you get a a revisitation from an older, wiser Will Wheaton, right? Looking back on these writings about when he was in Nemesis and uh, things that he dealt with in his childhood, which he dealt with a fucking lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, one thing I didn't realize, and I 
found this out on his uh, Tumblr. He still does Tumblr and has his own website, and he still posts to it every now and then. WillWheaton.net. Yeah, that uh, he was fucking abused, basically, oh, yeah. when he did The Cursed. Yeah. Yes. Uh, my God. Him and his sister. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, physically abused. Uh, the movie that he did right after Stand By Me was a shitty horror film called The Curse. Um, that he didn't want to do. No, well, he didn't want to do most of those things. Right. He, he was living his mother's dream. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, he was coerced by his parents and the director and so on to, for him and his sister to fly to Rome and film this in Italy where yeah. the child laws are much more lax. Yeah. And yeah, just horrible things that they went through. One of the things, uh, there's a scene in The Curse where his sister has cuts all over his face, and they actually cut her face with a scalpel, with a scalpel. What the and fuck? put band-aids over it for realism. I read that on, uh, he had that, uh, that excerpt on his website, and I remember reading that and just going, oh my God. There was the chicken thing. Too. Yeah, they tied chickens to his uh, little sister uh-huh. so that they peck at her when they, they attacks it. And that was, I think it was Fulci that directed that scene? It was, I mean, there's all kinds yeah. of stuff, like uh, like what you just said about the scalpel, um, the, the long hours on the set, yeah. uh, not letting them sleep to amp up the psychological terror that they were... Oh, yeah. They, like, they, the director was literally terrorizing him and his sister. It's, 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 it's so funny, because you hear about The Shining, right? Right. Where Kubrick just mercilessly oh, right, yeah. beat up on... Um, uh, What's her face, right? Yes. Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. Duvall. Like, and but, she still has night terrors about it now. But protected the kids. Yeah. Kubrick actually... Totally insulated the kids yeah. from the weirdness and the horror. And in fact, little Danny, he the, the guy who played Danny, did not know he was in a horror movie. Yeah. So, so you hear that, and then you read this story where like chickens are being thrown at a little girl so they could realistically attack her. I mean, and the 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 psychological yeah. shit. It's just, and he didn't want to do it. Yeah, no, I remember reading. Well, because he he, yeah, his, he said that his were, religious school teacher yeah. told him that that was he he you know it, like, yeah his mom used his teacher to yeah. well well no that, that's no, act, no, no that's no. actually a different one no that's oh. why he didn't end up doing the Twilight Zone movie oh he was cast as the in this the Twilight Zone movie came out in eighty three he was cast in the short part where yeah. the kid has control over his family. oh he was gonna yeah. play that kid he was supposed to play that kid but. Uh, his teacher said that he'd go to hell for doing yes. that, and he believed her. And he, he actually, he, that was the one t- <laughs> poor, poor Will. It was the one fucking time he won yeah. with his parents because he just begged and begged and fell apart and went to pieces and begged and begged and begged to not do it. And they finally relented. I just Religion poisons everything. Religion's the horrible. movies Of all the movies... For him to win, it yeah. was that one. I, I also found it interesting that you know there were better scripts that were delivered to him that he was at least somewhat interested in doing, even though he didn't really want to keep doing the acting thing after Stand by Me. Stand by Me, but you know the fact that they did cursed it was just yeah. like, yeah, it's just like wow, you could have been in you know yeah. X, Y, and Z, and you ended up being in this A lot terrible of that was money, right? They they were thinking they were going for the yeah. Money and a free trip to Italy, yeah. yeah. Uh, plus, the parents 
supposedly got some other kickbacks or stuff. But. That that on top of it was that they wanted to cast both him and his and little his sister, sister. Yep. and his mom wanted to turn his sister into a star. So it was yeah. also trying to piggyback off of what he'd already gotten. What did like they were keeping him on set something like 18, 20 hours yeah. a day or something like it was like, it's ridiculous like even, yeah they, they would set up you know the, there's there's the fir- first shot second shot sh- third oh, yeah shot. they were bouncing him around yeah, there wasn't any rest in between it so yeah. he, it would be literally going from one to the next you know I bet we could get another Kofi tier out of tying chickens to Commander K. Yeah, well, there's plenty of chickens in town. It wouldn't be that hard to find. <laughs> One wakes me up every goddamn morning. So, yeah, there's someone uh, somewhere six, in that neighborhood. You get to yeah. tie chickens to Commander K. Okay. And then, uh, I don't know, beat him? Beat Commander K, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, you, you, can't, you can't peck a pecker. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means well, either. Let that go. Yeah, we're just going to let that <laughs> fly. Uh, so it's been an interesting read. I'm, pro- I'm about 40% of the way through it. Yeah. Oh. But uh, but very entertaining and spoiler uh, he lives in the end <laughs> yes uh, but I am anxious to get past just a geek I remember reading just a geek and being very meh about it uh, but his revisitation as an older adult to it has been very interesting yeah what little I have been able to to get from that it talked about <laughs> you know jokes that he made twenty years ago that he's just like I can't believe I did that you know it just shows like his growth as a as a person, yeah. I'm sure the book is good. I just, I, I don't, I don't really care for his delivery. Eh, if you do, yeah, but like you said, there's a different palette for everyone. Yeah, I know Deb doesn't either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow, All right, so. Deb doesn't either. So, oh, so you know, I guess it, it must be well. It's you know, okay. Certain couples are built on a shared hatred of things. You know, okay. so. but Barry hates so much. Yeah, so there yeah. can't be a lot it's of mostly shared directed hate. over here to my left at Torgo. <laughs> but it, it, it's it's so much that eventually there's going to be some crossover with. Oh, every yeah. yeah, yeah. Kate, what'd you do? Uh, well, past three nights I've been bitten by a spider, and I have not developed any spider powers. God damn it! So I'm very. Uh, we were lied to. This is things you did, not things you missed out on. Yeah. So. No, I don't know. There's a spider around my bed or something. And he loves your flesh. And every morning I wake up with like two fresh welts. Wow. So hmm. are they like like gross and pussy? No, no. They're just red and itch like mm. fucking hell. And you they're have itching. no superpowers. They're itching right now. Yeah, that's I guess that's my superpower. I itch. <laughs> I'm itching like crazy. Are that you sure? Itchy man. Spider? Itchy man. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty I mean, sure. I just... Because I know the majority of spiders like to stay clear of humans. Well, so, it, well I mean, this one obviously finds it well, very Well, I know, but I mean, like, given the choice between going after some kind of another insect and a human, they typically don't like to well, bite humans. Well, it's like, it's when I'm I just asleep. thought I said it might be some kind of other <laughs> insect that's biting yeah. you. I definitely... I tend I, to go after a hamburger, not a cow. I definitely, you know, if you've got a thousand spiders, you put them in a box, and you just jump around in the box, one of them's got to give you superpowers, right? I I don't know. That's how that works. That's math, right? Yeah. Oh, Barry. we'll let you be the first to test it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, thanks. thanks. Really geeky. I did it. I did there. an interview with Oliver Brackenbury. Oh, who's that? Uh, he is the. Uh, he does the podcast. So I'm writing a novel, which he's taking people through his journey of writing. Um, a novel. Uh, he's a writer. He's done some screenplays. He's done uh, a few other things, but he's now embarking on a, ri- a novel. And he uh, is a sword and sorcery nut. 
So I met him through the Whetstone Discord, where I talk about sword and sorcery stuff. And um, so he's writing a sword and sorcery novel, and he does these interviews with people. And it's fun because sometimes he talks about writing, but other times he'll talk to people about writing, people who have written stuff, people who are involved in sword and sorcery. It's a good... It's a good blog, and uh, we actually talk about it a little bit in the interview. He has also ended up being the publisher-editor of New Age Sword and Sorcery magazine. How do you fall into that? Um, well, we were talking about the New Edge. I said New Age. It's New Edge. I was going to say, is it, it was no. like Sedona and crystals yeah, and yeah, shit? Yeah, I know. Oh, and maybe some crystals, <laughs> but um, it's the New Edge, where we're talking about putting a New Edge on Sword and Sorcery so that we can bring more people into appreciating it and also make it more modern where you're writing sword and sorcery, but you're not following the old pulp, uh, shall we say, contaminants. Oh, okay. You know? So uh, help me out. It's a rejecting like the old racism and sexism and all that of the early 20th century pulps and just doing the, the action-oriented uh, story, but with more modern attitudes towards include now, are you still city and diversity inclusivity. inclusivity? Are you said. still setting it in somewhat like medieval times, or you're setting it in more like a modern day? Era? No, it's not in, modern. Yeah, okay. one of the key things is to be is to be uh, historical, if not ahistorical, and just be you know pre gunpowder, pre electric, uh, which is like what I push for. And it's fun because one of the things everybody does is argue about what is sword and sorcery. So, and we talk a little bit about that too. He actually makes some wonderful statements that I really like, and I'm going to start incorporating in my own definitions. Oh, I like. So, but the new Edge Sword and Sorcery mag number zero has come out. It's available on Amazon, hardcover or soft cover, at cost. It's like a twelve dollar hardcover, and I think a four dollars soft cover but it's also available for free digital on uh, payhip now just go to the new edge sword and sorcery.com website and you'll have the page to uh go to download and you can get the free copy and this is the teaser the entry to see if people will be interested and if we can generate enough interest to actually uh crowdfund uh, issues one and two, which uh, is like a goal. So we'll see how that goes. Well, I have a question. I wasn't aware that there was some type of issue with defining what sword and sorcery is. How, yeah. do, you, so how what, do you define sword and sorcery? Well, you know, I've never really had to try, but off the top of my head, I'd say a sword and sorcery novel would be one set before gunpowder, before electricity. Did before, you get that from him? No. <laughs> it's It's... It, it, it seems obvious in my head, but I guess the more I think about it, I guess it does need to be defined. Right. Because you could have people with like 1800s type of stuff. Well, there's or? that. There's also us sword and sorcery nuts will make a, a differentiation between Tolkien-esque fantasy, which is epic or high fantasy, okay. and sword and sorcery. So we'll, make a, we'll, we'll draw a line between Conan and Lord of the Rings. And a lot of that has to do with the, the outsider hero. Um, I argue the existential nature of sword and sorcery, where the hero is kind of self-actualized. 
and is actually doing their own thing. There is no grand destiny. There are no gods pushing them along. You know, they're not caught up in that kind of fate. And they're doing that sort of well, thing. Well, regardless of their in, the, the hero's intentions, whether he's just being pushed along by fate or just fell into it or he's self-actualizing, uh, you could have that in a modern novel as well. Well, sure, you can. So but Yeah, because I, I, I'm just going to say, I, I thought that that's a missed opportunity right there because you could have it in the post-gunpowder era and you could have an interesting dynamic where you have, you know, people who practice real magic and people who yeah. use technology sure. to simulate or, you know, fake magic, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, and then yeah, you could have that. that. That's not that sword and sorcery. sorcery. That's well, not sword but and sorcery. It no, still not. could be. You could have the sword and sorcery no. and then the going well, against no. the... No, no. One of the things, one of the definitions from the... See? See how the I, arguing I happens? Yeah. The, okay. the, the, one of the definitions that Fritz Leiber came up with, he's the writer of Fafford and a Grey Mouser. And this, the, the term came from a fanzine called Amra, which talked about Robert E. Howard and early pulp fantasy in the 60s. Michael Moorcock, the creator of Elric, and Leiber were having a discussion. What should we call what we're doing? Because uh, Howard never named it. Howard really didn't know that he was creating a genre at the time. And Leiber said sword and sorcery. And one of his points that I think is perfect is he said sword is good because it speaks to the various culture points of the story, the setting. The sword is the personal sidearm. The sword is the weapon of choice. It also speaks to the technolo- technology level. Exactly. And that, that sort of sets that zone. And then sorcery is a very particular word, actually, for an attitude towards magic, right? As opposed to, say, wizardry, you know, right. sorcery. A deeper and darker. It, darker. It has more sinister. There are some who argue the sorcery should be the antagonistic. You know, the hero shouldn't use magic and the magic should be in opposition. Doesn't necessarily mean it could be the other opposite way around. I tend to, I totally agree. I I like heroes using the magic. And and one one of the heroes, one of the great points of sword and sorcery is Elric, which Moorcock deliberately wrote to invert uh, Conan. Total response to Conan. So, So you can have that. So Where he's like all sickly. Yeah, yeah, sickly. He's a, he's an emperor from the start, and uh, he relies on that magic sword. He yeah, knows a lot really, of. Never, I know you never really got into. I never Elric, got into Elric, but, but you, you're you're just a hater. So, <laughs> but see, so you can like have steampunk. You can have hold on, urban fantasy and stuff like that's, that, that, Jeff. Steam- but that's not sword and sorcery. Yeah. We I, would argue. I, there was. A, I don't know. I just there's certain levels of gatekeeping that are out there these days, saying what you can and can't do. I mean, it's it not about gatekeeping; it's about defining a genre. Well, yeah. that's and that's, but I think those definitions are somewhat I, flexible. I, I, I understand what you're saying, Jeff. And mm-hmm. actually, one of my one of my tidbits, which I'm terribly ashamed I never got to squeeze in to the interview with Oliver, is I love genre because it tells me what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I hate genre because it'll tell me what I'm writing. Mm. And I definitely, that's a fundamental feeling that I have. I think genre serves different purposes. And for readers, consumers versus the creators, it actually kind of, I think, kind of hits this opposition, which it, one's descriptive, but the other can be prescriptive or proscriptive well, that's only if yeah. you're writing to that genre if you write a book you read it at the end and go oh that's not sword and sorcery that's steampunk that yeah, it could Fine. happen you know you could have this this always was weird uh there's a game called arcana 
of of Steamworks and Magic Obscura. Have you played this game? I haven't played it, but I'm familiar with oh it. Oh my god, it's it's a beast. Um, and you, it's a little sword and sorcery, but it's set in kind of an 1800s looking mm. place where there's steampunk stuff and gears and things, and you can you can you do magic, but then you're terrible with machines. If mm-hmm. machines, you're terrible with magic. Right, right. Does and that, that's actually a common trope. There's a common thing about when 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 both exist in the same universe. One breaks. Yeah. One breaks, the other works, or you know, you can be involved with one but not the other. It kind of explains away you, the use of magic in Merlin-y era. You know, where why don't we have magic now? Because we developed science. It's, right. It's, it's a nice way to explain yeah. it away. A lot of people do the whole death of magic. Magic started dying, and we had to have science to you know you, you see a lot of that when people say well what happens in D D when you when you move the timeline along about 500 years yeah you know i but, was always fascinated with like machinery that's imbued with magic sure like it, the the magic is what makes the machinery function yeah, one, of the, like that, I was, one of the things i love about jack kirby mm-hmm. jeff is that he just fucking threw it all in a goddamn blender right i love him for that and i think he kind of redefines the superhero genre to the point that i mean other people ditko and others had their hand in it but he really made the superhero genre just a fucking kitchen sink of of every I, that doesn't you got magic you know, heroes you got science heroes yeah, you, you got all you that. can even mix them together Mutants. you know yeah and it, it's it's actually very i like that which is lot. fun because uh, in city of heroes which is a massively multiplayer game yeah. way back uh, way wow yeah <laughs> you get to choose the origin of your powers was it magic was it science was it mm. just physical right. conditioning or whatever yeah that was yeah so so yeah so shout out to chocolate thunder that was my character <laughs> <laughs> of course it was of course, of course it was, was. he loved little, vanilla chicks little little, little <laughs> fist on his shirt and his, his little catchphrase was solid <laughs> Jesus, he's a physical hero. He beat you up. Oh my God! So uh, yeah, chocolate thunder. Any uh, wow, Solid. New Edge Sword and Sorcery dot com, folks. Torgo's lost his shit. You, you know, can't see it. You could have made him from uh, from Australia, and then he'd be Chocolate Thunder from down under. Ah, oh. missed opportunity. Yeah, yep. and he gets his power when he goes to through Outback, the Stargate. <laughs> so anyway yeah go to the uh, website folks and sign up for the newsletter and uh, look for that interview in a future Geek Shock I've got a lot of editing to do on that one it's a long damn interview yeah we it's not three hours we talked for three hours yes but I I stopped recording at at one point (laughs) so and in case you're one of those people who are like, ooh, what's Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura? If you'd happen to download that game, save often. I just I just saved you from throwing your computer out a window. <laughs> That's the way it goes for all the games from that era. Oh, yeah. The first time I ran that game, I didn't save it often enough, and I got through all this long stuff, and I didn't save, and I come back, I'm like, oh, no. I, I, I rage quit for like six months. You got it. Wow. You don't want to do that. Three hours. Uh, a whole I always over six again. months. That's a hard game, man. That's a hard game. I always hated when it had like the uh, the the auto save, and you look at the symbol, and you're like, okay, it's auto saving, so I don't need to save. And then something happens, like power goes out or whatever, and you reload the game, and it clearly didn't go back to where the auto save was, and you're like, an hour prior to where you were at that point. <sighs> yep. like, ah. I hate the ones that have save points. And then they deliberately yeah. have that fuck you boss thing 
right before the save point. Yep. So you got to repeat a whole bunch of grindy shit to yeah. get up to that moment. Mm-hmm. I, that's why I don't. People love that PS One era. No, or that not, unskippable not RPGs. the unskippable cutscene before the boss. Guardians of the Galaxy for the PS Five was a lot like that. No, like you would, you don't would say fight, that. You would fight the boss, fight the boss, fight the boss, and then it would save. <sighs> so yeah. it's like motherless. It, yep, uh, it was just it was so goddamn annoying because I would go back and fight the same boss, and I'm like get so close he would have like a sliver of energy uh, left yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'd forget to execute one of the special moves or something that would have taken him out yep. and i was just like oh no i could have done that shit yeah and then there you are 15 minutes earlier mm-hmm. walk down the hall Ugh. open the door move yeah. the crate motherfuckers <laughs> clear out the trash mobs <laughs> <laughs> Gonna do a little mail before we move on to news. Mail. 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 Uh, we don't have a theme song for that, do we? Mail, mail. We've got mail. That's all you get for free. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, you wrote it. Um, it's. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> is that one of them fancy electronic mails? It is. And this one's by Aaron Esquire. Oh uh, boy. Responding to uh, our whole Romero thing with the copyright. Uh. Oh, yay. Oh, oh that's right, because she's, she's a lawyer. She's the queen of copyright. Yeah, so my, well. she writes, My dearest geeks, my heart overflows with joy to hear you inquire as to the nuances of an intellectual property kerfuffle in the works of one George Romero. After much toiling, he produced an influential work of cinema, ultimately known as Night of the Living Dead. But alas, a member of his coterie failed to adhere notice of the rights of copy on the end product, and thus the rights of copy were lost. Prior to the 1978 law of the land was such that without proper notice, the rights of copy were not enforceable. His standing in society was surely tarnished by this grave (laughs) error. Basically, prior to 1978, the notice of copyright, including owner name and such, was required to be displayed or included somewhere in the work, or else there was no copyright protection on it. Now, that's no longer the case. Copyrights exist from the moment a work is created. Registration of the copyright and proper copyright notices make enforcement of your rights easier, but failure to provide notice does not destroy all rights therein as it did before. Obligatory? I'm not your lawyer's statement here. This is not legal advice. Do not come at me for greatly summarizing a highly nuanced section of law. Keep up the good work, Aaron Esquire. Thank you, Aaron. Oh, my God. Every time she, she says something like that, like that, even if it's just in common conversation, she's like, by the way, I'm not your lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Can we send her a dollar and just like... As that be the retainer and oh, they yeah, say, yeah. a dollar, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> I mean, they can accept any monetary. There, there's, for, there's, yeah. there's a joke like I yeah. think uh, Sean Hannity. Every time he talks to somebody like that, he he pays him a dollar, and he's like, okay, now we have attorney-client privilege. Yeah, there's a joke about that. Yeah, the, I, I don't know if it's real or is a not. Joke, Jeff. Well, I know, but I mean, there's there's movie plots like that too. So yeah. you know, I don't know if that's a real thing. I mean, just. Suddenly, well, I'm hiring geez, you for a dollar. I, I wonder if we know a lawyer type who could answer that for <laughs> ah, us. She'd never answer something so trivial. <laughs> I await your response. <laughs> Dude, screw her. She's on a cruise with my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm stuck here with you ass clowns. Hey, oh. let's compile that pain into news you don't give a shit about. No. Yeah! Uh, uh, boo. Danny Boyle. 
the acclaimed director behind cinematic touchstones like Train Spotting, 28 Days Later, and Slumdog Millionaire, is transforming the Matrix franchise into a live and immersive dance performance. What? Titled Free Your Mind. What? A collaboration with Warner Brothers Theater Ventures, composer Michael Mikey J. Asante, and choreographer Kendrick H2O Sandy. <laughs> what are these nicknames? What are these nicknames? Are you just giving them nicknames? <laughs> these are real nicknames. This sounds so made up, but it has to be true. <laughs> they write Sabrina Mafuz and artist S. Devlin. Uh, the project is scheduled to debut next October at the Factory International. That's going to be a culture and arts-oriented center in Manchester, England, that will open its doors next summer. Quote, combining the hip-hop choreography of hundreds of dancers with the latest immersive design, Free Your Mind will take audiences on a thrilling journey through the Matrix and into a new realm of possibilities, reads the synopsis published by Variety. Uh, continuing, this eye-opening production will stretch across the building's ultra-flexible spaces, responding to them and harnessing the collective energy of the moment, unquote. Hailed for its groundbreaking action sequences and prescient storytelling, The Matrix told the story of a lonely computer programmer who learns... That yeah, we know the story of the fucking Matrix. <laughs> Somebody might not. <laughs> Listening to this podcast, you don't know what The Matrix is? Whatever. We have new listeners sometimes. Oh, my God. You know, it's nothing more than a digital simulation meant to keep humans unaware that the malevolent machines rule the planet, and now you can dance to it. Dude, you know what? Just hearing that, I suddenly thought, Cop wow. Rock? No, I was like, how did Cirque miss that? <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. When you think about it, it's yeah. incredibly Cirque. Now, I'm now thinking more and more. That's just... Yeah. You could totally see Cirque trying to do some Cirque form Ghostbusters. Of, 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 of bullet time or something. Yeah. It's really funny. And they, told, they, they dropped the ball. They really did. They dropped the ball. How do you say that? I, I would Kwan? watch Matrix, the ballet. This, this, I'm get behind this. Why? Okay, because it's a. Is your time worth that little? Life just <laughs> happens to you, doesn't it? <laughs> I find the idea fascinating. The same I way don't... I find a train wreck fascinating. <laughs> you watch to see Perhaps. what kind of bodies they pull out of it. But wouldn't it be amazing if Barry, you went. And you were drastically emotionally moved by this performance. <laughs> that yeah. would be fascinating. <laughs> that I would be amazing. <laughs> that would also be grounds for checking me in to the funny farm. <laughs> Something's gone wrong with Barry. We all get a phone call from Deb. She's in tears. I don't know what to do with this. He really enjoyed this dance oh, performance of The Matrix. <laughs> he's lost. He bought he's himself gone. a tutu. <laughs> I can't wait to not go see that. Man. Uh, by the way, folks, you you, you really haven't lived until you're doing a podcast and both Barry and Jeff facepalm at the same time. <laughs> doesn't happen very often, but when no. it does, you know you've witnessed history. Yeah, that you really found a story that's universally reviled. <laughs> reviled. What can I say? It's the world we live in. No, you don't give a shit about <sighs> Just seems so pretentious. The whole the, everything about that article, <laughs> but it's every Danny single Boyle. thing. I know that's what's so frustrating about it. It's like everything in there sounds like it was written by a PR company, and there's no actual creative. Uh, Kendrick H two O Sandy. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't sound Mike, like Michael like, Michael J Asante. It doesn't sound like anything Danny Boyle put together himself. It sounded like somebody approached him and said, "Okay, so we've got this idea, ah. and we're going to take everything." that is modern and crazy and weird and we're going to wrap it up in a matrix ball and we're going to put it on stage. 
And Danny said, okay, write me a check. Right. Yeah. It's, that's honestly what it sounds Maybe like. Maybe he just really needs another wing on his house. And Targo said, I'll take two. <laughs> Your bad taste is not in question. <laughs> Ninja don't give a shit about... Sony has acquired the rights to Tarzan by way of the original book by author Edgar Rice Burroughs. The studio is moving forward with a new film based on the classic tale, but plans are in the earliest stages with no writer, director, or producer attached to what would be a full reinvention of the character first created by Burroughs in 1912. Tarzan was the son of English nobility who was raised by apes in the African jungle after his parents were marooned there and died. He had no contact with Western culture until he was grown in King of the Apes. Screen adaptations of the story have been adapted since the beginning of film. Uh, starting with Tarzan of the Apes in 1918, uh, the 1999 animated movie from Disney, a popular animated series from Filmation in the 70s. Uh, most recently, a big screen version was Warner Brothers' The Legend of Tarzan in 2016 with Alexander Skarsgård starring. So who's ready for more Tarzan? I was bored with that story the first time I read it or watched it or whatever. I was like, this, is, this might have been cool way back in the day, but... Not so much right now. I don't care. I, I think a lot of the Tarzan comes with the uh, the mystery of the deep, dark jungle, which is not really a mystery anymore. No, mm. it's just a place where you get malaria. I just I like how you you didn't mention the 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 most interesting and horrible uh, Tarzan production, Greystoke. Oh, starring yes. uh, Christopher Lambert. Yeah, pretty horrible. If Isn't you that... if if you want to see a really really bad movie made with a huge budget, go watch that movie. It's yeah. uh, isn't 1984. That's isn't that the one though? It's really funny because that's the one that um, uh, Ian Holmes was the Belgian. Yes, wasn't he? Yep. And he was actually, I thought people actually uh, applauded yes. his performance, but that was like about well, yeah. About but I mean, it. it's Ian Holm. Uh, well, yeah, it's uh, Captain uh, Philip. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, he, he, I mean, he's no, he's no Bo Derek. It's Jane. Yeah, no, that was Andy McDowell. Oh, yeah, but Bo Derek. Yeah. You just bring up Bo Derek for the heck of it. No, there was a Tarzan with Bo Derek. Oh, okay. Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but not that one. But you always notice yeah, how no. Tarzan's like clean shaven. Yeah, in the yeah. cartoons yeah. and like, everything. How, how he's not it? like a like a mountain right. man missing teeth and right. smelly and gross because that's what he would be. Yeah, yeah very much. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, like the most, it's like they just have long hair. It's really? Well, you know. Well, no, and no well beard. Long hair, too. Yeah, well yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. You got to coif it. Combed and conditioned and everything. Well, dude, the great apes, they do all that grooming. Oh, yes, yeah. they do. And, Come you on. know, they have the, the ape hierarchy. There's got to be a, you yeah, know. He's uh, getting groomed. A <laughs> 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 I could not say that with a straight face. <laughs> There's got to be wow, a, there's got to be a stylist ape in there somewhere. There's, there's like, a whole bunch. They're just all picking yeah. the nits. And, You're just gonna love yeah. the, what I do with your hair. Yeah, man. really. <laughs> yeah, and well, the whole, not to mention the whole colonialism baggage. There's that. Yeah. There's that. So it's just Yeesh. like you know, I'm I'm still. Shall we? Uh, we gotta have someone who has the balls to do Tarzan in the future, but they cast an like Asian woman as Tarzan because they're gonna like really subvert everything. And you just watch Twitter explode. That, that alone would be worth it. It's, like, yeah. it's so woke. Twitter would, well, <laughs> some would be, it's so woke. And some would be like, what in the fuck are you doing? And it would be interesting. I'm sure they made a porn version of that already. Both. 
I just yeah. but no one watched that either. No, it's just a story that just it's too old. It, it needs it's to too, just be too let old. go. Yeah. It doesn't it translate to, well it, to no, modern audiences. It really doesn't, and it just needs to be put on the shelf and kept there. Yeah. It really well, does. You could you could do some of the weird ass shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like Tarzan at the Earth's core. Where he goes, oh, Pelucidar? Because yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. No, Tarzan reminds me of those old stories. Wait, what? What? What are you, what are you shocked at? Tarzan of the Earth's it. core. No, that's crap, dude. What? That's one of Burroughs. That's one of the yeah. classics. Is it? Yes. God, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's just terrible. God Almighty. God Almighty, what? It's I, a terrible I, I, idea. I will say it's a lot more interesting than the Tarzan story. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Jeff's right. Jeff's 100% right. Needs to be put on the shelves. I remember as a kid reading like old, like old boys adventure type of novels or whatever I'd find in the library. And people like old, old adventure, like boring adventure. Well, yeah, you you know, taking out the colonialism that you talked about, Kay, and the misogyny and everything else. It's what do you have left of that story? You know, I mean, I just, I, I just feel like it is not a story, like you said, Barry, that can easily be translated from audiences and make it interesting enough that people are going to want to go see it. Yeah, there's now, plenty of old stories that can translate well. Disney got close, but it's still not a great Tarzan film. Not their strongest work. No, definitely not. Uh, one of the heroes of the new edge of sword and sorcery, Charles Saunders, wrote his Imaro novels which is a black sword and sorcery hero in a uh, Africa analog sword and sorcery world. And he said it was a response to he was always waiting for that brother to come out of the bush and beat the living shit out of Johnny Westmuller in those Tarzan <laughs> movies. So, And in the Amaro books, Saunders was a great writer. Unsung hero, neglected. He premiered towards the end of the, the literary part of Sword and Sorcery in the 80s and unfortunately got caught up in. But uh, the Amaro books are great. So they, they really did Tarzan the world's hollow core? He did, he did the Pellucidar novels. So those are hollow earth novels. And, and it's about going into the earth and discovering a whole new world civilization. And eventually he did a crossover where Tarzan goes to Pellucidar. Yes. <sighs> <laughs> it's the Burroughs Cinematic Universe. Yeah. It's, yes. Yeah. yes. I mean, I, I never read it, but I remember hearing about it and going, what? So, yeah. So, Jeff, your assignment is to read all the Tarzan novels. Wow. Uh, That's a lot of them. No. Go with John Carter. There's only 15, and you really only need the first three. Well, John Carter, I think, would be a better choice. <laughs> I mean, I think you could. I think you could modernize that one a little bit better than the Tarzan story. Oh sure. There's no give a shit about. Yes. Google recently announced that it is shutting down Stadia. Big shock, right? Yeah, this is surprising no one. Stadia was announced back in 2019 as the first major game streaming service. You wouldn't have to download the games you wanted to play. You wouldn't have to spend thousands of dollars on a gaming PC rig. You could just play your games on your phone or a low-end laptop. In the blog post where Phil Harrison, who's head of it, talks about the shutdown of Stadia, he throws the blame on the fact that Stadia, quote, hasn't gained the traction with users that we expected, unquote. Hmm. Doesn't help that Google didn't ever seem to know what they were doing. Uh, It started up and 
acquired game developing studios only to disband them within a very brief amount of time. Yep. Uh, they hired on three key names to help run the project and then ousted two of them. Uh, Stadia launched without key features it promised. It had a paltry library at launch. The business model of paying for a subscription and the full price of games was not attractive to customers. Nope. Harrison has stated that players will have access to their games library through January 18th, 2023. So you can finish any playthroughs, I guess. Uh, second, customers <laughs> will be refunded for all hardware purchases through Google Store, as well as games and add-on content purchases through the Stadia Store. What hardware? You weren't supposed to have hardware. Well, you had hardware that accessed their streaming service. I mean, technically, my uh, my Chromecast, I could have been able to just buy the oh. controller and use that to play Stadia if I wanted. So you can get a refund for that. For the controller. <laughs> Theoretically. No, I never bought the controller. No, then he gets no refund. Oh. Well, I then what's I, I understand I like now why it failed. <laughs> it is expected that the majority of refunds will be completed by mid January twenty twenty three. The final piece of the very important Stadia news to note is that uh, while Google is shutting Stadia down as we know it, the technology technology will be used for other Google products and they'll be looking to sell it to others in the industry. Yeah. So so long, Stadia. We hardly knew ye. Good. <laughs> and news you don't give a shit about. The classic 1999 teen sex comedy American Pie will be getting the reboot treatment. Why is that a classic? Why is that a classic? What? Go, what? What the? Go on. Stifler's yeah. mother. <laughs> it's so cringy now to go back and watch it. It's, it well, really is. Well, a lot of sex comedies yeah. from... 99 and earlier are well but what qualifies it's it no porkies it's no porkies which i actually tried to go back and watch it's cringy but, but that <laughs> well, actually yeah. is a classic especially when you factor in that a lot of what they did is actually sexual assault and, oh god yeah yeah i mean it's just like i look at it as an adult going back and going wow i can't believe i ever liked this film and or tv show because it's like but it is a classic American uh, Pie. Uh, wait, and, and they're already rebooting it. Well, already 20, 23 years old. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so old. Yeah. <laughs> Anything yeah. over twenty years is quote ripe for a reboot. Uh, the American Pie will be getting the reboot treatment thanks to insecure actress Sujata Day. Uh, that is the uh, the actress that was in this show, Insecure, not the insecure actress. Yeah. No, how you read it was that she's an insecure. <laughs> yeah, actress. really. She is developing. But aren't they all? She is. Oh. <laughs> I should qualify yes. that all all actors, male or female, are insecure. There you go. Save yourself, Jeff. Uh, you did it. Good job. <laughs> She's developing the film as a writer and producer for Universal 1440 Entertainment, which is the same division of Universal Filmed Entertainment Group that was responsible for the production of Rob Zombie's The Monsters. Uh, there are no details on the reboot, but the plot is said to be based on an original pitch from Day and is being described as a fresh take on the long-running franchise. What could there they do go. different? He a lot. <laughs> fucks a creme brulee. Ah, yes. Very, very upset. Could they gender swap any in, of this? In fact, we, can call them, yeah. we could call the movie series oh. Cream Brulee. <laughs> you, you could gender swap and then not have you know yeah. them try to spy on... Uh, a girl changing clothes with the, their webcam. They could take that out. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's not like... I mean, there's a long why? list of things they, they could take out. They would spy on a dude at that point. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you're if or they still, can set it in a sword and sorcery. Uh, there you it's go. Still there highly go. illegal. Right, right. I, they, well, if you gender swap it, she, yeah. she could instead of a pie, they could fuck a cannoli. Hey, you got me. See, there, there. You got me. Cream filled. Thought I'd bring you in. Yeah. I uh, sword and sorcery American pie. I'm gonna work on that. Please do. Please do. <laughs> I want. Want quickly. Uh, I don't care. No, no, no reboot. Uh, well, what I I just think it's a movie. It doesn't. I mean, it's it's not a movie I would go back and watch again. That's why you're rebooting it. But I don't think it's even. I don't think it's rebootable. Arthurian I just don't think pie. it is. <laughs> Arthurian pie. Didn't they make three of them? Yeah. Buy? I, Plus, I, oh, not including Bandcamp. I, I was gonna say with, between that and the straight to video ones, there's like what six. Yeah. Okay. My favorite part's the whole shaving the pubes. And then he it like would be. accidentally throws him in front of the fan, and it just kind of blows all over the place. And you see, ripe for a reboot. There you go. Cringe. There you go. Now that shaving is omnipresent, you know, everyone does it. There were four official Where are you movies. Going with this? I don't know. I think he's just spouting information now. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm in Jeff mode. I'm just telling you stuff. <laughs> Jeff's the one doing the deep dive right now. He's gone to the internet yeah. to, to uh, enlighten us. Jeff, what major thing have you learned through your vast research? There were four official movies and four straight to video. Holy crap. Four. When did these happen? Uh, I don't so care. you had American <laughs> yeah, Pie. Good job. Good I don't, job. Sorry. I yeah, don't care. thanks. Thanks, Barry. American Pie, American Pie 2, American Wedding, American Reunion, and then you had American Pie Presents the Naked Mile, Bandcamp, Beta House, and Book of Love. I ran the Naked Mile in college. Good for you. Yeah. Good, yeah. good on you. I, yeah. I don't ever want to know that. The Betas, <laughs> it's hilarious. The Betas were the fraternity that was like, that was like the garbage fraternity. <laughs> that was like. You watch this? No, 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 no. I'm talking about it at my college. Oh, okay. <laughs> the betas, it was just like, that's oh. where you went when you couldn't get in anywhere else. And I you apologize. really, really wanted to be in a fraternity. Jeff's apologizing. I, oh, I, cut, I cut one off. There was another straight to video that came out in 2020 Damn. during the, the, the pandemic. Really? American Pie Presents Girls Rules, October 6th, 2020. You see, there it's were ripe. nine. Ripe. No. <laughs> Yeah, ripe no. is the word. <laughs> like like about to rot and fall off the tree? Yes. <laughs> American Pie. Who's the audience for these films? <laughs> teenagers. Yeah, they ruin everything. Fucking teenagers. Wicked Geeks! Hooray! Woohoo! Darn it. Let's see if it actually is. <laughs> uh, this... I think he sneaks a few bad ones in here sometimes. Uh, this one is sponsored. Uh, guess who? Oh. Hey, fuckers! Hey! Mm. I have entered the next face of horror contest. He does have a face of horror. As of now, I'm in fifth place. The winner gets 13K, a photo shoot with Kane Hodder for Rue Morgue magazine, which I highly respect. Wow. A two-night stay at the Buffalo Bill House and a walk-on roll in some movie. You can vote for free daily or buy votes for a dollar a vote, and on some days they count double. Will I win? Probably not, but I'd rather give it a fighting chance as opposed to some bikini-clad influencer who probably hasn't seen a single horror flick in their life. But now that we are in the home stretch, I will sweeten the pot. For anyone that donates 10 bucks, I, Jake, will sing a song of your choosing. 
anything you want. That said, you will get what you pay for. So if you pick some Carey bullshit or some Norwegian death metal, well, buyer beware. I'll post a thread in the Discord, and you post a screenshot of your donation, and I post the video afterwards. Hear my link. HTTPS faceofhorror.org slash 2022 Jake-Godbold. Again, faceofhorror.org 2022 slash Jake-Godbold. Uh, help him win. I thought he was in third. Uh, yeah. There were rounds. Yeah, there's there, oh. there are successive rounds, and he keeps moving yeah. into the next round. So he is doing that well. Um, I, I I donated because I I got to get it on this. Uh, so uh, so if you want to help him out, you donate too. Uh, what I requested, uh, which I will play for Barry at the end. I can't play it on the show because. He is actually singing a song that is fully copyrighted, so uh, we cannot put it on the show. But what I did was I had him sing uh, a song from Barry's favorite band of all time, System of the Down. Uh, I had him sing Toxicity, and every time the song, it says City, I made him say Barry instead. So so it's it's an ode to you. Sir, golly, thanks. <laughs> now, I went on there and I couldn't figure out how you you are able to vote for free because every time I tried to vote, it was asking for money. No, you can vote for you can vote for free. I'm you got to scroll right down, okay. and it's, it's at the bottom. Jump through a couple, of and they do it. Yeah, there's a verification. Thing. And I'm looking at his group of people, and uh, he seems like I mean, no bullshit. He seems like someone who would be perfect for this yeah i agree you know the rest of them kind of look a little cringy <laughs> i, I don't like the rest feel. of your group yeah. yeah so so beat their ass Jake. there you go so get in there folks so help them out <laughs> throw, throw them a few bucks and a few votes and uh yes hey, if you send them 10 votes you, you'll sing a song of your choice um enjoy that there you go i wish i'd known that before Ryan Reynolds took to social media on Tuesday to announce that Hugh Jackman has agreed to return as Wolverine for the upcoming third chapter of the Deadpool film franchise, which will officially bring the series into the Disney-owned Marvel Cinematic Universe. The film's release date is September 6, 2024. Jackman's played Wolverine since the release of Bryan Singer's first X-Men film in the summer of 2000. Together, he and Patrick Stewart, of course, played Professor X, hold the world's record for, quote, longest career as a live-action Marvel superhero, unquote. <laughs> well, there you Enjoy that. that. Of all your accolades, Sir Patrick Stewart, that's the one. Uh, that's the one. Uh, Sean Levy, uh, who has... Wait, pre- really? Longer than uh, RDJ? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> huh. well, R- okay, RDJ? Cool. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, okay. That, that's, that's a lot of syllables. Because he was that's even what we in, call him. He was in Multimurse of Madness, so that's another feather in his cap for, yeah, yeah, for Professor yeah. X. Well, he doesn't wear a cap. He's bald. You still got to protect How do your you head. Know? I've seen Patrick Stewart wear I have also cam. seen him wear he a cap. He has a bald caps. cap? He has no. a feather in he his wears bald a, cap? He wears a hat. He wears an a actual... Just like stick it through the latex. Cover your head. The sun is terrible. You got to cover your head, man. Yeah. You get sunburned easily. Wow. The sun is terrible. It is. That's just... It's a, a terrible big ball of, ball of fire. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he lost his hair playing Tarzan. I, I, I loved that that video introduction <laughs> of Hugh Jackman just going up the stairs going, yeah, sure, Ryan. And that, uh, 
Sean so Levy, funny. who uh, enjoys ties to both Reynolds, uh, who did, he did Free Guy and Adam Project, and Jackman, because he also directed Real Steel, is attached to direct the new film with screenplay from Wendy Molyneux and Lizzie Molyneux Logan, lo- known for their work as writers and producers on Bob's Burgers. Absolutely nothing is known about the plot, but former Disney CEO Bob Iger did promise the company would not censor Deadpool's R-rated sensibility for the character's standalone adventures, just as long as the marketing was clear. A Fantastic Four reboot is slated to hit theaters in late 2024, while plans for a new live-action X-Men movie continue to remain uncertain. Uh, The MCU has already begun laying groundwork for the arrival of mutants in projects like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Ms. Marvel, and the upcoming Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So, So everyone that got their panties in a bunch because there was no Deadpool announcement at D23... That's why, because they're yep. saving this for its own little happiness. I, I, I can't wait. I want to avoid spoilers for that so bad. And I know, there's gonna, I know they're going to be out there. So that's one of those movies where I'm going to have to get in there right away and not wait. Uh, just September 2025, though. <sighs> Will you make it? Uh, who knows? Will, it, will any of us make dude, it? Dude, the Three. sad truth is, is it 25 or 23? Four. I think it was twenty two years. Yeah, it's two I think years it was twenty four right? and 21. two years away. Yeah, it, excuse me. It's going to be here before we know it. Say, say less than September 6, twenty twenty four. So yeah. less than two years, guys. All we can do guys. this. All of you better start eating some celery. Ah, I've, I've already got sent plenty of celery. So fuck you, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> I want anyway. to Instacart some celery to your house. <laughs> <laughs> will not accept. Will deliver it personally to your house. Reverse the charges. Okay. I just want to say you are you are a very very lucky and or forward thinking man to live in a place that is gated. Because <laughs> otherwise you begin some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I already know your address. Mm, I know. Toho and Fathom Events are teaming to bring the 2002 feature Godzilla against Mechagodzilla to American movie screens. The one-day-only showing is time to make its first-ever wide U.S. release on Godzilla Day. That's Thursday, November 3rd, the date the original Godzilla took to the screen almost 50 years ago. Not to be confused with the similarly titled 1974 feature Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, the 2002 version served as a reboot of sorts, foregoing any nod to the broad Godzilla canon besides the original 54 classic. The movie enjoyed a wide initial release in Japan, but never came to the States. Until now. Uh, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla finds the emergence of a new Godzilla, one that compels the Japanese Self-Defense Force, uh, JSDF, to construct a cyborg countermeasure from the original monster's remains, according to Fathom. Continuing, the beast's restless soul is discovered to inhabit the machine as a pilot must learn to find value in her own life, unquote. I know, it seemed kind of... That's weird. Yeah, that, that, it, they, it was going along great, and then suddenly something happened. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the red light, green light failed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pat Spurl, damn it. <laughs> Godzilla against Mechagodzilla is set to screen simultaneously across more than 450 U.S. theaters, complete with English subtitles and a, quote, never-before-seen featurette direct from Japan, unquote, via Fathom. The last Godzilla film, wasn't the, wasn't the, the bad guy Mechagodzilla in that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was pretty. I, I enjoyed that film. That I thought was it was fun. That fun. was the American Godzilla. Yeah, 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 it was fun. I liked that. And did you ever see the original? Yeah, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla with the Pete with the monkey aliens with the green faces. 
You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That wasn't just like a fever dream, right? No, no. No, no you were fevered. <laughs> no, no, no. Godzilla, I think, I think in the States, for some reason, they called it Godzilla versus the Cosmic Monster. Oh. And actually, that up until, up until just in the last year, that was the toughest Godzilla Blu-ray to get. No. Because all of the rights were such a clusterfuck that that one... It was just incredibly tough for them to sort everything out. And it was like one of the last ones they finally got uh, on Blu-ray and put out. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Green monkey people. Green I can, monkey people. I can see why that would appeal to you, Barry. It's very... I like green monkey people. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I see how that... Well, there's a familiarity. I can see yeah. it in you. Yeah. That's Barry's uh, They Might Be Giants tribute panel. Oh, yeah, it is. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I don't like They Might Be Giants. Well, see, yeah, there you see, go. He's a, there was always those kids, there was always those kids in high school who were like, "Oh, Mike Giants here, listen to this, listen yeah. to this, you'll like this." I'm like, yeah. dude, I do not like that. That's because you're a godless communist. Yeah, there it is. is. He's just like, I don't care if it's Istanbul, Constantinople, just fuck off. Fuck you, your triangle man bullshit. I don't care. All these put, kids in high school, all three of them, put a birdhouse <laughs> in your soul, Barry. <laughs> but they were the wrong three. <laughs> Not to put a finer point on it. <laughs> I want to throw you through that window. <laughs> <sighs> they had a fight. Try to go with yeah. Andy Serkis has signed on to direct an animated adaptation of George Orwell's classic novella, Animal Farm. Production is underway at Cinecite, which is currently celebrating its 30th anniversary as an animation in VFX. The dystopian fable, published in 1945, watches as a group of farm animals rebel against their human owner in hopes of creating society where they can be equal, free, and happy. Hmm. It was named by Time Magazine as one of the 100 best English language novels between 1923 and 2005, and won Orwell a retrospective Hugo Award. It's previously been adapted for radio and the stage, and with John Hollis and Joy Batchelor mounting a film adaptation in 1954, and John Stevenson adapting it into a TNT TV movie in 1999, uh, Nicholas Stoller, Storks and Captain Underpants, has written the adaptation. Wasn't the 99 version with Patrick Stewart? I don't know. I, I don't know anything it about was. it. I know wow. I watched one, and it was pretty good. It was a it was a good adaptation of it. But I'd like to see another one. Sure. Yeah. Well, there's there will be the the stage one. Uh, tell me about that one. That's the uh, Danny Boyle and Julie Taymor. <laughs> oh, actually. Oh. Yeah. The Animal Farm. Turn off the dark. Yeah, <laughs> Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey and, with Kelsey no, no, Grammer. You, you're absolutely right. Uh, I want to see Kelsey Grammer in the ballet. You're actually right there, uh, Barry. Patrick Stewart and Kelsey Grammer were both in the 99 film. Damn it, Jeff. You need to keep that information to yourself. Do not ever tell Barry he is right about <laughs> I anything. I was right. Wow. Uh, Jesus. I was right. Jeez, suck a dick. <laughs> Jeff. Julie Taymor. And I think he played Danny Napoleon. Boyle. Make beautiful children. What? Yeah. What is a? I don't know. They're they're, they're perfect together to make a, a Cirque esque animal. Yes, yes farm he did play Napoleon with a bullet time and oh, of, you know, yes. Animal Farm is one of those books that we had to read in high school, but I really enjoyed it. I I, I liked it a lot. Jesus, who is this fucking guy? I know he likes something. Who's I know this? he hey, was Mike. in high school. He liked it. Right? It, what the hell? What if they might be giants? Wrote the adaptation. Yeah, then it was sucked. Yeah. No, not unless they were, it was their tribute band, Green Monkey People. Green Monkey Aliens, I'm sorry. 
They were green monkey aliens. I know. I know. You'd shoot them, they, and they die, and then they would suddenly show up, except for that one who showed up when he got hit on the head, and then he jumped off the The masks ship. were so fake. Well, yeah. That was... Dude. Yeah, well... Dude, the, where did the effects budget go? <laughs> Saki? <laughs> Godzilla! <laughs> and King Caesar! And Mecha Godzilla! I forgot about King Caesar. Yeah. I love King Caesar. He's cool. What what's King Caesar look like? Uh, you uh, know the um, the Stone Temple dogs. No, I know right. Stone Temple pilots. All right, all right. Slow slow your roll there, racist man. The um, wait what? No, <laughs> Sorry? The, excuse me. Huh? The, the the food dogs. No no no. You have to explain that. <laughs> oh, I'm you just. You can't just gloss that over. What? I just uh, m- you know making no. fun. I, Stone Temple dogs, the food dogs, the Shisa. Okay. The you know those. Yeah, I know what you're talking okay. about. Okay. The lion dogs. Yeah, King the Caesar is a like a like a stand on his hind legs kind of anthropomorphic. Ah, okay. Shisa, uh, I love King Shisa, uh, and it's funny because he's Kingu Shisa, right? Because he's a Shisa, mm-hmm. but he ended up becoming King Caesar in the American version, ah. and now uh, the Japanese studio has kind of adopted that and taken it to heart. It's kind of funny. I, you know what, dude? What happens when they own it? Oh, I didn't mean they. I mean, you know, when someone owns it. Oh, okay. (laughs) To put a gloss on it, Barry. To put a finer point on it. Yeah. A fine point gloss. Why do people like that band? Fine point gloss? they're fun. Or Stone Temple Pilots. I don't like fun. (laughs) That's right. Barry doesn't like fun, does he? I liked Stone Temple Pilots back in the day. They They were good. Okay. The sixth Avengers movie has found a writer. Uh, Marvel Studios has hired Loki and Multiverse of Madness writer Michael Waldron to pen the script for Secret Wars, which is slated to hit the big screen in early November 2025. We're not going to make it to that. A director for the conclusion to the Multiverse saga has yet to be announced, although Joe and Anthony Russo, directors of both Infinity War and Endgame, previously expressed interest in wanting to adapt the storyline. Uh, six months before the MCU goes to Battle World, however, Earth's Mightiest Heroes will appear in the Kang Dynasty on May 2nd, 2025. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings writer-director Dustin Daniel Cretton will direct the film, working off a script from Waldron's fellow Rick and Morty alum, Jeff Loveness. He also wrote the Kang-heavy Ant-Man in The Wasp Mania. Um, and isn't there, isn't Nick Fury doing the... Uh Armor Wars? Secret Invasion. No, Secret Invasion, Secret yeah. Invasion TV. That's a TV one, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's Disney Plus, yeah. Yeah. Go Sam. It's yeah. Sam, right? It is Sam Jackson? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Although I guess Armor Wars is now not going to be a Disney Plus series, but a full-on theatrical, sure. apparently. Yes, it is. Okay. I will, I will um, take that off. Wait, the and they want to get oh, Secret Wars sorry. out by 2025? <laughs> sorry. Now, this kind of leads into it. It's fine. They want to get, they want to get Secret Wars out by 2025? Uh, yeah. That's going to get pushed back. Whoa. Oh, he says it here. You yeah. heard it here, folks. Yeah, right here. Put right money here. on it. The Put man, money on it. He knows. I He's think it's going to get pushed back. Go to HollywoodStockExchange.com. Yeah. yeah, put your hand inside the puppet head. He knows. There you go. You still using Hollywood Stock Exchange? Yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. Go there a few times a week, probably. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now he's got a hot one. I remember that from like ten years ago or more, and it's still going. I wonder if people were there for like the entire time, like how much money they've built up. It helps me find news, believe it or not. It, really? Because I a lot of the stocks I have are in genre stuff. 
a lot of it so I can pay attention to whenever there's big dips and jumps. Uh, for example, to this week there was a big jump in spawn stock. Why? Because God, I'm just going to skip ahead to that part. <laughs> yeah. Can you be like a hedge fund manager and, and invest in like yeah. Torgo funds where you you, you can't you, you can certainly join the group. We have a a Geek Shock HSX group. I was not even aware of this. Why wow. have you not given me links to put he's, on the website? He's only mentioned it on the show before. Yeah, but, but unless it's on the website, it doesn't exist. Uh, you know, this is great. Can we do like that Reddit group and tank stuff? Everybody <laughs> get together and just like totally destroy something? Yeah, I doubt that. Oh. I don't think we have that kind of power. Yet. Wow. Oh, we have that kind of power. I Yeah, the power to disrupt a fake Hoodoo. website. <laughs> no. <laughs> are, are you having trouble finding it? I can't find it. It's all right. It'll show up. That's a lot of news. So I'll just continue on. A full-length project based on the hit NBC sitcom Community is moving forward at Peacock. Finally, the movie. Quote, from the TV series that predicted its own movie comes the least predictable movie of a TV series that referenced a lot of movies in TV, reads the official logline. Uh, series creator Dan Harmon provided an update on the film over the summer, stating that an outline exists for the script. The only real obstacle standing in the way of production was getting the original cast members, pretty much all of whom are now megastars, back together for one last study session. It looks like everyone, save, of course, Chevy Chase, whose character was killed off in season five, is on board. So Nicole Brown, Joel McHale, Jillian Jacobs, Danny Pudi, uh, D- Donald Glover, Allison Brie, Jim Rash, and Ken Jeong. Harmon will pen the screenplay with fellow community alum Andrew Guest. The duo will also serve as executive producers with Mikhail, Russ Krasnoff, and Gary Foster. Peacock is yet to announce the official premiere date, uh, currently titled Community the Movie. But fans can catch up on the full series when all six seasons of the original <laughs> series arrive on the platform sometime in the near future. But fans. Yeah, I knew it. I knew but it. Fans. As soon as you said it, I was like, here goes Kirsten. Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the original Community, and I absolutely loved it. And then when it moved to Yahoo, the the quality just fell off a cliff for me, and I stopped watching it. But there's like the writing quality? Or well, just- writing, the, it, it seemed like there was a lot less people in the damn show, and it seemed like... I imagine Yahoo didn't have the highest budget. No, and it seemed like the film quality was weird, too. <laughs> they had to use whatever film was left over from the production next door. Did it like spoil or something? Because it looks dark and weird. I don't know. I didn't. It wasn't fun. Oh, it, that's a... something about it changed for me. Maybe I didn't give it a a good try. But I, yeah. When you don't pe- pay people enough, sometimes Did, that happens. Yeah. Did you see when they were uh, when the cast were announcing it? I think it was Joel McHale like accidentally tagged Jillian Anderson instead oh, of Jillian Jacobs, and uh, her response was, "No, I'm in." <laughs> <laughs> Like call me, <laughs> Jillian Anderson. Anderson wants to be in the community movie. That'd be I awesome that was if hilarious. Harmon wrote her in. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh he probably he'll probably at least try as long as schedules match up. But yeah, I just thought that was hilarious. Okay, next story. There's a movie coming out soon. Really? All right. It's titled Connect Four, and it was directed by legendary Japanese filmmaker Takashi Miike. Okay. This is the guy that did Audition, mm. E.G. Yeah. the Killer. Right. You know, oh, really? Hardcore, hardcore, Graveyard of Honor, 13 Assassins, Yakuza Apocalypse, Blade of the Immortal. 
He's directed a lot of movies, but some of his movies have been real visceral. That's some yeah. cred. Horror, mm. yeah. over-the-top, mm. gory action. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the series is an ap- adaptation of a webtoon of the same name by uh, uh, Shin Dae-sung. Uh, it follows the story of a man who is kidnapped, and one of his eyes is taken by a gang of organ hunters. His eye ends up being transplanted into the body of a serial killer, and now the unwilling donor is seeing terrible things as he witnesses the horrifying attacks on the people of Seoul and the kill- that the killer is attacking. That's a Miike movie. Yeah. Right? Holy definitely shit. sounds Connect. like... Connect. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the series will premiere at the 2022 Busan Film Festival this fall. The series will then premiere on the streaming service it was made for. Disney Plus, starting on December 2022. What the fuck? This- wait, wait, what? <laughs> what? I know. I, I saved that line for last because it, that's why it's in here to begin with. Because okay, <laughs> Disney Plus took a turn. <laughs> wow. I heard wow. they were embracing more adult material, but that's goddamn. Go big or go home. Opposite end of the spectrum, right there. My gosh, so, that should be Disney minus. <laughs> connect this December. Watch for it, Takashi Miike series on Wow Disney Plus. That's the strangest. Wow, it's mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be. I mean, That's I don't remember yeah. in the settings where you can lock out, you know, for TV fourteen plus or whatever. But there's got to be something added extra in for that. Because I could see like you don't want some yeah. kid. I the mean, Miike lockout. Because I already know, like when my nieces were super, my my youngest sister's nieces were uh, my story, youngest Jeff. sister's kids. My nieces were able to unlock my sister's phone. Oh, and they where, watched the Apple Dumpling Gang. No, just they they figured out how <laughs> to unlock Dude. the phone, and oh, my no. sister never was always changing the password. They still would figure it out. So Son I could easily that. see some kid going, "I want to watch Disney Plus." Punching in the parents' password and then yeah. stumbling on to something like that. Well, that's on the parents. This is yeah. this no, is gonna yeah. this TV's is gonna happen now. Jeff's called it. Well, the the big uh, expectation was that one once Disney owns Hulu outright because that's yeah. not going to happen for a couple of years. It'll be a sub category in there. That it will be just be folded right into Disney Plus. Right. So I, this is probably the first salvo of them getting people used to it. What a way to salvo though. Yeah, that what, reminds what, me of a movie. That's what it is. I'm looking at my, on my phone. Body parts. You ever see that? Oh yeah, Jeff Fahey, 1991. Yeah. Old where, Fahey. Like, I think he. I think he has his a problem arm. with his arm. Right? Yes, he had. Yeah. His arm was amputated, and they replaced it with the arm of a serial killer. But then the serial killer like is comes back and gets all his parts because they yeah. apparently cut off his head, but they kept it alive, and he's gone. Oh, coming back from my parts. Yeah, he started <laughs> killing all the people that got. Transplants from his body. Yep, I remember Fuck it. That film. Yeah, it was Jeff Fahey. You know it's good. But was it supernatural? Could, was the arm like wanting to kill things? <sighs> I don't think so. I think I'm, it was just a creepy like. Killer well, I remember I... like there was something like with the family, like it accidentally he accidentally like smacked his kid across yeah. the room or something okay, like that. So there was a little, and yeah, he was, was... A, there was a scene where he was choking the chicken. And, <laughs> and ripped it, it right off. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh my God. And the people who got the foot, they were putting their foot in people's asses. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny because every time I hear about this, I think back to the movie, the 70s movie, Eyes of Laura Mars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With, uh, with that. It's uh, uh, Faye Dunaway, and she's like a fashion photographer, an art photographer or something. Yep. And she develops some kind of psychic connection with 
a, a serial killer. Although back then we didn't have serial killers. Yeah. But um, we had oatmeal. Yeah. She uh, develops this connection, Shut and up. she has flashes where she sees the murders yeah. as they're happening, and you know. Yeah. Or you can see the modern movie *Malignant*. It's uh, kind of the same thing. Yeah. You know, but not original. Not the no first. But I, I just wanted. To but being a Mika joint, though, point. you know, it's just going to be his. Spin. Well, because dude, that Ichi is the killer is not a, a that superhero totally, revenge thing either. That is totally in his wheelhouse. Uh, hero, her, horrific visions of a serial killer doing his thing. It's it's like why hasn't this happened sooner? <laughs> <laughs> so, but you, what um, could like Hulu? Or something be like a subcategory Disney Plus, like you you go to Paramount Plus and they've got other channels or or HBO Max yes. and they got. Do you think Disney Plus might be doing that? And maybe it's it's either know. that or they're going to have a thing way at the bottom that's not an actual category, but kind of like when they did those Easter eggs on DVDs, you just kind of have to go there. <laughs> oh, and, right. and it just and it just lights up and says it's, the words "dark shit" and that's and where you have to hit. There, there, <laughs> there are all these. There are all these. Uh, uh, Gen Xers who are up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right. B A start. Yeah. Boom. Oh wow. Me a gay porn. Splatterfest. Yes. <laughs> Me a gay splatterfest. Blood fountain. Speaking of Hulu, oh, hey, oh, this hey. Friday I'm very excited. Is it Hellraiser? Yeah. yeah. Looks good. I'm so excited. Saw a couple of interviews with uh, Jamie Clayton. She was like super into this role. This looks good. Yeah. This I'm looks excited. super good. I'm excited because I want to get the, the new Hellraiser box. I, I don't want the old ones. I want the new ones in the, in my house. Yeah, the, the, the new style, the long, elongated style. The that new one. style, but it folds down into different forms. But no one's been able to actually make one that folds into all that stuff. But now with the... Because of, they use different props that couldn't actually oh, do that. Yeah. It's movie yeah. magic, Barry. I know, wow. but with 3D printers, people can do crazy shit now. <laughs> they can't, you can't create and subtract mass. That's, yeah, sure you can. Well, not without invoking hellish rites. There you, there go. you go. I like my shit authentic. <laughs> Barry has such sights to show you. I'd rather he did. Especially <laughs> when you put his eyeball in your head. Oh, my God. That would be a horror film right there. <laughs> <laughs> Todd walking around with Barry's eye. Wouldn't oh, my be, God. Why it, am I seeing this? Wouldn't it be great if Barry like did that to fuck you over? But, of course, with the Barry-Torg dynamic, he ends up seeing all of your shit. Oh, yeah. He'd be just looking at Jeff Stargate all day. <laughs> be interesting uh, god he's dialing again which, which would be worse <laughs> which would be worse torgo having barry's eye or barry having torgo's eye? oh no it, it, it would be barry it would be <laughs> torgo Wait, having barry's move, eye because uh, i would be seeing what he sees and i don't want to see anything he sees least of all jeff stargate no no one wants to and that interdimensional whatever Thanks. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, you reached and you pulled out nothing from the bag. There you go. Well, that's Jeff Stargate, dude. It's just an empty bag of nothing. I don't know. Unless Keyboard. he has a lot of cheese. He is one of the quacks of Quenlinburg. Huh? What? EA is officially confirmed. <laughs> it's rumored Iron Man game is in development at the Montreal-based Motive Studio. The official announcement confirms that this is a single-player, third-person action-adventure Iron Man video game. 
and it's currently in pre-production. A few other details have been revealed, but EA says, quote, the game will feature an original narrative that taps into the rich history of Iron Man, channeling the complexity, charisma, and creative genius of Tony Stark, unquote. Development on the Iron Man game is led by Oliver Prio, I think that's how you say that, who previously served as senior producer on the well-received Guardians of the Galaxy game that Jeff loves at Eidos Montreal, lead producer on the single-player campaign of Marvel's Avengers, which wasn't bad, and producer on Deus Ex Mankind Divided. I liked Avengers. Uh, the live <laughs> service game? The movie. The game. Yeah, the Guardians game was way better. It was, but... Uh, the single player mode in the Avengers game wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, the, the multiplayer sucks. Yeah, I have no interest in multiplayer, which is why I'm glad that they didn't say there was going to be multiplayer in this. Other industry veterans working on the title includes Ian Fraser, whose credits include Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning and Mass Effect oh. Andromeda. Nope. Uh, Malin Lemieux, previously production director on Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Immortals Phoenix Rising. And J.F. Poitier, who served as senior producer on the Battlefield 2 single-player campaign and Star Wars Squadrons. EA Studio Motive is currently at work on the Dead Space remake due to launch in January 2023. Insider reports have suggested that the Iron Man game is expected to launch sometime before the Black Panther game, which is a separate project from the recently confirmed Black Panther and Captain America game. Molyneux, I wonder if there's any relation yeah, to uh, that's a Fable guy. I don't know. To the Molyneux that you mentioned. That I have no idea. But Iron Man game coming and I single player, third person, yes, I'm happy. I'm involved. Though cool. I will say that Iron Man was one of my least favorite characters to play in the Avengers game just because of the play control. I hope they have different play control. I can get behind that. Yeah. Writer and director Tom Holland. Oh, did you have something to say, Kay? Or were you just breathing I, no, really I was, big? I was, or were you just making fun of me? It was, a, it was an empathetic response to your lead-in. Oh, I see. Okay, mm -hmm. whatever that means. <laughs> Writer and director Tom Holland has been working on a novelization of his original film, the 1985 vampire horror film Fright Night. Tom Holland? Uh, Tom Holland. Yeah. No the, relation. The director. Spider-Man? No, the different one. No relation. The, the original. Can they do Not that? Not the second. Does he spell it different? No, it's the same spelling. Yeah, Tom Holland. Can they do that? Yeah, they can and will. They did. You know All how many us. Kirsten Terpanskis there are out there? One. None. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, a member, I'm a member of the blokes named Kirsten group on Facebook. There's two of us. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had a convention, it'd just be you and him sitting under restaurant and that's it yeah just uh, so you like cheese drink, drink yeah i like cheese yeah all right <laughs> great so uh yes he's written a novel fright night origins and he just announced that this will be the first book in a planned trilogy hmm. holland says quote a couple of years ago i sat down to write a novel of my original story fright night but as I came close to finishing, I realized I had so much more to tell. There were elements I was not able to convey in the original film because of time constraints, and I was compelled to take us back to the origins of Fright Night and beyond. Uh, Co-author A. Jack Ulrich added, Tom and I have been friends for about 12 years when I pitched him the idea of a graphic novel called Fright Night Dystopia, which centered on Charlie Brewster's life after the events of the first film. Now, while that story remains untold, it began a series of exchanges that ultimately saw me contributing to a new Fright Night. Growing up, up as a fan of Fright Night, I never conceived that I would lend my voice to its continued legacy. These things just don't happen, unquote. Uh, the mm. ebook and paperback versions of Fright Night Origins are available now. The hardcover version of Fright Night Origins will release October 14th of this year. 
Uh, I'm, I've already bought Origins after reading this immediately. I love Fright Night. It's one of my oh, favorite yeah. horror films from the 80s, like top three. Absolutely. And uh, so one of the reasons I went to Monster Palooza about 10 years ago is because they had a Fright Night reunion during that convention and got to meet like all the actors in it. It was fantastic. Neat. That's very cool. So the fact that they're not only we're getting a follow-up story uh, of Fright Night, but that is coming from the person that conceived it to begin with. Yes, please. Yes, please. More of that. I don't need a film. I don't need a comic book. A novelization. Oh, yes. I'm so there. Is this and this is the vampire? This is Chris Sarandon. Yes, the Chris Sarandon right. playing the vampire. Wonderful special effects. One of the creepiest no, no, vampire no. smiles ever. I mean the the origins story. It is uh, well because I think actually Roddy McDowell's character and the Fright Night show mm-hmm. would actually be a very cool origin story. <laughs> just well, this first book is basically the retelling of Fright Night, uh, but with just a lot more deeper story than the film could do. That's the origins. That's the, the book that has come out so far. So the okay. the sequels to that have not been released yet. Right. So that's where Charlie goes off and. Does his thing. Kills his family and stuff. Yeah, and Roddy McDowell watches and masturbates. Wow. Wow, what? Poor Roddy McDowell. Yeah. He's one of my personal heroes, man. He's what a good the man. Fuck? What the fuck? Well, I can't. Well, don't blame me for his kinks. Jesus. Man, okay, the original man. fucking Caesar, King of the Apes, and don't. you're making masturbation jokes. You're the one kink shaming your hero, Kay. There's nothing wrong with what he likes. <laughs> Let the man be Roddy. Jesus. Judgment much? A feature adaptation of the video game Five Nights at Freddy's has found its director and is headed toward an early 2023 production start. According to an announcement from Blumhouse, uh, Emma Tammy, who did The Wind and Blood Moon, will direct the film based on the work of franchise creator Scott Cawthon. 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 That is how I said it. I said it right. Good Cawthon's yeah. game. You just tell us that. Couldn't <laughs> Coffin's game follows a night security guard. Security guard. (laughs) He begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. (laughs) It's the bard telling the story, all right? While spending the first night on the job, he realizes the gig won't be so easy as the animatronic animals that entertain kids during the day and plan their own sinister games at night. Hi, new listeners. You've never met me before. (laughs) I'm the bard. Nice to meet you. We hate the bard. (laughs) Oh, man. We secretly love the bard. There has been eight games in the mainline Freddy franchise. The most I've played none. Recent. Please, go ahead. Have you played them? I watched it. Played. Are they good? Um, I don't know. It was that Critical Role does this thing called Four uh, Sided Deep Dive, where once a month they talk about the previous few episodes and stuff. And then they do something like play a weird video game. And just today I watched the episode and they played Five Nights at Freddy's on Oculus, which was kind of interesting. Is this like a horror game? (laughs) Yes. It's a horror game. 
Uh, you kind of. I know I'm coming to the show late here with this shit. Well, I, I tell just, you what, let me let me read yeah, that. Oh, yeah, not no, no, not in the voice of the bard. What's a bit distracting? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so the game follows a night security guard as he begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. While spending the first night on the job, he realizes the gig won't be so easy as the animatronic animals that entertain kids during the day play their own sinister games at night. Basically, try and kill them. There have been eight games in the mainline Freddy's franchise. The most recent being Five Nights at Freddy's Security. Breach in 2021. There's been six spin-off games as well as five cre- fan-created games endorsed by Cawthon and dozens of novels and graphic novels based on the series. Uh, seven years ago, the film was set to be directed by Gil Keenan, who did Monster House, then went to Blumhouse in 2017 with Chris Columbus, tapped to direct in 2018, and now Tammy's directing with a start date in sight. Uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop will be working oh. alongside Blumhouse to bring the creatures to life. Nice. That's the okay. selling line. Yeah, there you go. How did I miss this entire franchise? We've. Uh, uh, I'm very surprised. We've talked about, we talked about every time this movie has come. Well, also, uh, when I talked about that Nicolas Cage movie, yeah. uh, Willie's Wonder, whatever, yeah. you guys were like, oh, Five Nights at Five Freddy's. Five Nights yeah. at Freddy's. Yeah. So and, uh, and now that I now that I heard all this and saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. It's a night guard at a showbiz pizza where it turns out that at night the animatronics come to life and try to kill whoever's in there. Oh, yeah, I love it. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah it's weird. I, I've never seen any footage of the game being played, but I do know the people that love it really love it. Like they're really into yeah. it. Lots of lots of dark, and you use light to control the actions of the animatronics and try to get you know not be attacked by them and. Usually the, the the scene, the level, the whatever you want to call it, ends with, with them just bah, getting you and you go to Ugh. static. So you have to figure out the puzzles, figure yeah. out the doodads and whatnots to get past them onto the yeah, next level. Yeah, which ways they are taking. You have yeah. control over security cameras, so you're watching to see if anybody's missing and then trying to figure out where they might be, whether it's coming down hallways or in the ductwork or whatever. Yeah, yeah the... the Vent Technician was a level that uh, they played on the episode, and that, that was actually kind of funny, because that, that's like Dallas in Alien. It's just like that scene. And yeah. the game became so popular because it was as much fun to watch people play it. Yes. It's probably more fun to watch people play than actually play it. And it's fun to watch people on Oculus play it. <laughs> and oh, especially oh, Jesus. I do. We, 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 can, we can make a new tier once Andy comes back. Oh, Andy wow. on Oculus. I like everything about that idea. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing bad was just said. As a side note, I love those videos on YouTube of people playing that, and Mm -hmm. they start running into walls and furniture. Bashing the TV. Every time I watch them with Vernon. My buddy Vernon, folks, who works at a VR experience place, he goes, that's my job. He watches people (laughs) fall face first into the wall or what have you. That's my job. Couldn't happen to a better guy. <laughs> Andy, when you come back, you know what's yeah. coming. Oh, yeah. We gotta, gonna, we're going to film you <clears throat> while showing what you see. we got to get the uh, Geek Shock Oculus, get that all set up. Yeah. Although the last time he... Geek Shockulus. <gasps> that just happened. Oh, my God. That's the... That's this, is, this is how greatness is born, folks. TM. <laughs> oh, boy. I like it. Run with it. 
Amazon has placed an order for Blade Runner 2099, a new limited series based on the sci-fi neo-noir property. Ridley Scott will be executive producing with a Shining Girl creator, Silka Luisa, will be show running. The project is set 50 years after the events of Blade Runner 2049. No plot details were announced at this time. Now, Scott directed the 82 original, which adapted Philip K. Dick's 1968 novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Uh, and Harrison Ford starred in the film as Rick Deckard, a rugged detective known as the Blade Runner who hunts down replicants that have gone rogue. The sequel, 2049, was released over three decades later with Denis Villeneuve at the... Is that how you say it? Villeneuve? Fige. Dennis uh, Fige yeah. at the helm. The film focused on <laughs> Kay, played by Ryan Gosling, a replicant Blade Runner, on the trail of a child born to an android mother. Despite critical and audience acclaim, the follow-up was a box office disappointment, but it did take home a pair of Oscars for cinematography and visual effects. Yeah! In addition to the movies, the franchise also includes books, games, comics, and anime television series. I think, if I remember correctly, it's Denis Villeneuve. Okay. Yeah. What he said. The well, guy he, that yeah. directed Dune. Because I had to listen to a, somebody talking about it, and they were doing the introductions, and I, it was very French. Because of that film, I was very nervous about Dune, but uh, he came through in that, yeah. I think. Yep. Now, the original film, I mean, it's classic as far as classics go. Oh, it's, it's definitely a classic. Oh, God. I showed it to Deb, and she said it was a little too slow for her. And I, you know, I get the original it. or the it's a, the original. It's a okay. slow film. Yeah, yeah. It, depending on which cut you, which cut did you show? I her? don't fucking remember. The theatrical? I don't know. Well, it's okay. it's also it. He showed the Ridley uh, the Scott version. Ridley Scott. I mean, it was Alien, the one, it was the one without the narration. It's so slow. I think it was okay. theatrical. Yeah, it had to been. Because oh my god, the the one where they they cut in the extra stuff for the narration is a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. It's at least what forty minutes well, longer. You think that was long? You should see the dance version by Danny Boyle. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh. or the dance version of Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Whoa. <laughs> Although Julie Taymor's replicants were, you know, well, you know, she's good with costumes. Big old glowy yeah. eyes. Yeah, you, yeah, Just bouncing around. Lots of lots of wire work. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, look what I found. Blumhouse and Todd McFarlane are still trying to get the Spawn movie made. <laughs> Why? Uh, they hired a team of new writers to work on the script. That new team of writers includes Scott Silver, who wrote Joker, Malcolm Spellman, who wrote Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Captain America, New World Order, and rising scribe Matt Mixon. Uh, Jamie Foxx is still attached to star in the film as Spawn. As for Jeremy <sighs> Renner's involvement as Twitch, Whoa. that will be determined depending on how... Jeremy thing- Renner? Yeah. Well, depending on how things come together with the new draft on the script. I don't know who Twitch is. I, I remember the old Spawn film and I... I Sam read- and Twitch. Sam and Twitch. The detectives. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Paul used to say, oh, you gotta, you gotta read Spawn. You gotta read Spawn. Yeah, yeah. And he... Let me borrow like the first, I don't know, twenty episodes, twenty issues, and I was like, okay, I can see the appeal, but hmm. it seems like everyone's just posing and wanting to sell toys. And lo and behold, that's exactly oh, what yeah. it was. It was a toy yeah. sale. Oh. I mean, Paul Paul is the image kid. He is the image generation. Yeah. Oh my god, I image remember comics. how much hatred he had for that movie. He was livid oh, about yeah, that hated movie. Hated that film. He uh, could wonder not- why. He, he could not talk about it with just getting 
red face furious. No, was, that's my favorite part. But the writing wasn't that great to begin with in no. the original book. Uh, what? You know what? Todd I, McFarlane? Right. So, I know, right? <laughs> here's here's my thing. Is 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 there enough of a spawn fan base to justify a movie at this point in time? Because Paul just see it like it's five been times. what thirty years since the the first film came out, let alone when the know. comics came out. Thirty years, know. really? Like well, twenty, dude. No, no, we'll have no, to no, ask. It's if more than twenty. I know we'll have to ask. If there's a fan base for Karate Kid. That was a long time ago. Nineteen ninety seven, Barry. Ninety seven years Barry. ago. Twenty five. Karate years. Kid. Nineteen eighty four. Do you think we get a series yeah. out of that? I don't know. Uh, but it wasn't. A, it, Spawn was not a classic. Well, like, I mean, Karate Kid. To be fair. To be fair. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man was a low tier Marvel character, and that spun off the whole MCU. So I mean, stranger he things was have happened. Not a low tier Marvel character. He was second rate. He was an Avenger. Yeah, but he's still second rate. Yeah, he was not a Iron part. Man. The movie succeeded because of RDJ. Yeah. The whole Marvel, the whole superhero genre as it exists now. Is RDJ? Well, this is and, true. Uh, and um, uh, the director, uh, totally blanking out on his name right Favreau. now. You can see his face. Thank you, Favreau. But, but, Favreau and RDJ were the ones that. Well, really... sure. Well, Favreau had a lot to do with with all the. Uh, yeah. Well, both Favreau, of the things you're but, saying are true, but it does not make true the idea that Iron Man was like a low tier Marvel character. True, because he wasn't. He was. What? He was second what? tier. He was B. Yeah, it's you can B-team. see you can the see movies it. made Iron Man. You, yeah. you can easily big see in the, the comics. In the comics, bigger. yeah. He, he I mean, I mean, he had his place, but he's bigger because of the movies. Yes, because yeah. in the comics, he's definitely B team, right. easily. Yeah, because you know, I don't know. If that's Scarlet true. Witch was also in it. Right. If you let off with Scarlet Witch, no one would have known that one either. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if what you're seeing is Yellow true. Jacket. Wow. Yellow Jacket. That's gonna put them in. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. No. Avenger. Tigra. Tigra is an Avenger. Like from the Thundercats? Yeah. That one. Oh. Uh, for those who don't know what Spawn is, Spawn <laughs> is a former Black Ops agent who makes a deal with a demon after being betrayed and killed. The demon allows him to return to Earth, but when he returns, five years have passed. His wife has moved on, and he roams Earth as a disfigured Spawn from hell. And, and when he can occasionally undisfigure himself, he's white. What? what? That's in the comics. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's... Okay. You're right. Yeah. Aha! You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. There you go. But Everybody the take a they, picture. Kirsten's favorite words. You're right. <laughs> I do like in the original comics where every time he uses his powers, like the clock ticks down. Like even you run out of like yeah. juice, you just go to hell forever or something like I that. I don't know what that means. That was kind of neat. I say like, if you want to experience Spawn modern... I recommend watching the HBO animated version of Spawn. Yes. That was a very good translation. It was. Dark and interesting. Even yes. Paul liked that one. That's so There you go. It has the Paul seal of approval. Didn't they have a character that jumped over to Marvel? Uh, yeah. Uh, Angela. Angela. Angeline. That uh, is such a great story. We have to do that in detail at some point. Is it? It's, I don't know. No, no, no. Not the character story. How that happened. Because she was a character introduced by Neil Gaiman when he guested on writing a spawn issue. That's why I think it's spawn number 8 if you like if you get like spawn 1 through 7 they're worth yeah, about yeah. 40 to 20 bucks but like spawn number 8 is worth like 300 400. Yeah. And then then there was a big rights dispute. 
huge rights dispute with multiple parties involved. Things got really ugly, and when it finally was settled and Gaiman was awarded the rights to his character, Angeline, Angeline? Uh, I'm he, looking it up. He, he took her over to Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Angela. Angela, yes. And it's she's now like a daughter of Odin and all sorts of stuff like that. But it, Oh, I see why she was popular. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you there go. You but, go. dude, you want to read a nice little legal kerfluffle and, and big stars going at each other with scalpels. It, it's a it's a hell it's a oh, fun hair and, and ribbons and, oh, and yeah. wings oh, and, and oh, starfish. Samantha <laughs> Mona. Not that Angela. <laughs> Angela, Angela, oh, I want that now. I want her just like mowing down band guys or something. And Tony Danza just Angela, <laughs> Samantha, or Tony Mona. Danza as Spawn. <laughs> That's the white guy he turns into. <laughs> but really, oh my, oh, oh, I can't, can't even do it. I don't I, know you any know Spawn what? dialogue. Talk about Tony Danza. One of my favorite SNL skits. They only aired it once. It was Tony Danza was hosting, and they did Da War Da Royals. Yes, yes. And it was Funkin through the whole. Oh, yeah. Like, Professor, like, you need Russian. to make some kind of weapon so we can blow their Funkin heads off. And yeah, oh my God, it was so fucking hilarious. Yes. No, it, was. Hilarious. Uh, it was. I think Funkin you can. Hilarious. I think you can find clips of it on YouTube. Still, I mean, they get taken down pretty quickly, but they aired that once. They have never re-aired that. I, uh, I saw and that. He, I, didn't he get banned from SNL after that or something like Did that? Did what? Tony Danza. It's not yeah. like he wrote that. No. What the but fuck? It's not like, I, like Rocket or anything. Jesus. Not like it's, Rocket. It's Charles really Rocket. funny. Oh. Yeah. Charles Rocket. The Charles guy who Rocket. did say the word fuck and got fired yep. for it. Yeah. Yup. I don't give a fuck. That's why you don't know who Charles Rocket is. <laughs> no, I, that, that's, that's what he said. <laughs> I who shot JR? And he's like, I don't give a fuck. Oh, that'll do it. In the 80s, that was criminal to say that. You didn't care. Jesus. I remember people walking around with the I shot JR t-shirts. And I'm like, I don't care about this at all. My mom was Mm -hmm. obsessed with it. I remember that. All of our parents were obsessed with Dallas. Uh, No, my my mom was obsessed with Dynasty. Oh, shit. It was either Dallas or Dynasty. Yep, you're right. Because I'd hear people like your mother when those two would get into a fight. What? The, the two leading ladies of that show. Oh, 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 God. Who were they? Alexis. Joan Collins. Joan Collins and, and someone. Well, we know who stood out in that show. Oh, God. <laughs> the one that married Yanni. <laughs> wow, that's what you're known for? Yeah, the platinum blonde. That's married Yanni. What was the Dallas character they killed off, but then they re- revived him by just making him, he's taking Patrick, a shower? Uh, Patrick yeah. Duffy Patrick played Duffy. Bobby. Bobby. Bobby, that's right. You Bobby know. It's like, Bobby? What's your family? <laughs> it's like, hey, what's going on? Or something. <laughs> Some just... weird Dallas fandom here at the end of this. Uh, I like it. I like it. Hey, what's the state of your Stargate? Write to us. Comments at geekshockpodcast.com. <laughs> And I want to thank our Tier 3 members, John B., Dan Sticklasa, who won the Enterprise, Daniel Lozard, Stoop 2, Elizabeth W., Gabriel Adame, Adrian Kirsch, Major Meh, Michael Hoffman, Azrael175, Mohan Nair, J.R. Conkle, The Microscoop, Steve Biggs, Landon Nup, Kenton Miller, sorry, Asia Shakai, and Alexander West. And uh, for those who didn't win, the next months is going to be a, a beautiful 
miniature. I've already chosen it in honor of October, Halloween. It had to be something spoopy, right? Okay. Spoopy? spoopy? Yeah. What's spoopy? What the hell does that mean? Spoopy. It's, it's what the kids say for spooky. Fuck those kids. It's, 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 what, it's shitty spooky. It's what comes out of the spoopy. Stargate. <laughs> spoopy. <laughs> I'm spooping. This add, is my that, time here. <laughs> spoop, spoop, spoop. Add that to the Geek Shock lexicon. Spoopy. Spoop. So I have chosen a graveyard golem, once again, from the Malifaux line of miniatures. Nice. Uh, it's a larger mini. It's uh, even bigger than the uh, uh, whiskey golem that we did. So it's the biggest one that we uh, have given away thus far. Uh, and uh, my wife, for my birthday, got me an airbrush. But the great thing about this airbrush, it is has a little battery-operated uh, air compressor that goes to it. It runs for good for a half hour, and then you have to recharge it, which is all you really needed for an air for an airbrush anyway. And so it's nice little compact thing that I can take other places. So I'm really excited to use it. So I'm going to use it for the first time on this mini. So it's going to be experimental, and you're going to win it. Cool. And uh, also, of course, we want to thank our Fireball Whiskey Tier 4 members, King Vol, Deb T, David Farrar, Atomic Gumby, and our Buckfest and Haggis Tier 5 members, Leon Mitt, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martron, and Glumley. And once again, King Vol, thank you so much for your one-off again this week. Yeah, King Vol, you're the greatest. A special thank you to our theme song creator, Sam Heffernan. You can find his music at SWH Music on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitch. And our Red Light, Green Light theme writer is Justin Nozick, aka Froyog Softserve. You can find his music at theplaguephysicians.bandcamp.com. And of course, you, dear listener, thank you for listening. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. And Vlar. And we'll talk to you next week as we peer into Jeff's Stargate. Oh, boy. Gaze into his Stargate. What a shitty experience. <laughs> and he can't, like, he's got to be careful because, you know, someone's dialing in and he's got pants on. It's going to burst right through the back of him. <laughs> you know, if we ever start writing Geek Shock the Musical, you've got to write the... The, 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 the Stargate spoopy. sketch. No, the Spoopy oh, song. Spoopy. No, I like the Stargate you know, your, sketch. Your yeah. favorite Music Man song there. Oh, Shapoopy? Yeah. Fuck Shapoopy. that song. I know. Shapoopy. That's I why I brought that it up. I know. That's why you have to write the Spoopy, the spoopy song. I love spoopy. the Music Man. I hate two of the songs spoopy. in it. Uh-huh. It's like, I, it's a great musical, but I want to leave the theater during two songs. Spoopy. <laughs> spoopy. But you can write the Stargate song. I can. And it's very Spoopy. 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 It's spoopy. Shapoopy. It's spoopy. Right. It's spoopy. You're, it's you're spoopy. actively losing it's us spoopy. listeners. It's spoopy. <laughs> it's spoopy. It's spoopy. I, and you, can I always, am... you can always tell what planet he visited by what comes out. God. That's true. What does the, come out? The corn planet. <sighs> oh, oh, the corn planet. Well, what about the... Uh, the um, <sighs> The Egyptian planet? Yes. Yeah, it's when the sand comes out. Oh, sand. That's very, very... Ah, sand. I hate sand. It gets it, everywhere. It gets everywhere. <laughs> Man. Fuck. Where, where's the dialing device? <laughs> <laughs> That's on the other side. That's up front. <laughs> Whole new world's there. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens when, like in Stargate Universe, if you dial in like that ninth chevron or whatever the hell... Well, then at that point you're dividing by zero. Good luck, my friend. Oh, you, so you know about Stargate Universe? You said you don't know anything about oh, Stargate. Shit. I didn't. I know that much. I know out. I know that much. We I, know your secret life. No, 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 no. What I, does he watch without Deb? 
I got- uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, no. She would want me to watch that again with her. We've secretly replaced a show that Barry likes with Stargate's universe. <laughs> Let's watch. I tried getting all the way, and I did. I got all the way through the original run of Stargate SG One. I tried Atlantis, and like, oh, this, I don't like this. I liked Atlantis. I did best. I never could in the SG One. Waking up is Barry watching Stargate. No. Did not have the cadence I was hoping for. Yeah, no. No, didn't have the enjoyment I was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has any enjoyment for you. Because fun is terrible. Man. <laughs> <laughs>